Blog Talk Radio.
to Dr. Robert X. Form by way of Truth to Power. And uh, we have Dr. Robert X. with us tonight. Dr. Robert X., thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Sister Bear. Hotep uh, <laughs> and Hotep family. Hotep. And, and I haven't looked at anything. I looked at a little bit. Oh, what is the name of the, of the form tonight? Uh, the title of the forum tonight uh, is Punitive Propaganda. Okay. A lot of it is going on. The only thing I looked at was a little bit was uh, they was exa- uh, cross-examining the prosecutor, her boyfriend. I just looked at a little bit of that. Was that today? And her. Well, no, that was um, yep, during the weekend. Oh, Okay. It might have been well, something in the past. I just looked at that's the only news I looked at. 
Well, as far as that goes, uh, again, Fanny's ass is in the air, and it got yeah. poked. And there is no credibility. Nothing she can say can change the fact that she misrepresented the truth from the beginning, and that basically disqualifies her from rendering any kind of verdict uh, or prosecuting anyone when the very foundation that she stands on is a lie. And it doesn't matter all the rest of the stuff. Uh, everything else is just piling on. It's, it's the perception uh, that I stated from the very beginning. Uh, I don't think the sister is a bad sister. I think she's another political knucklehead uh, yeah. who's going to be hung out here to dry by the system that she purports uh, to support. At this point, anything else that they say in that particular trial is all propaganda. Mm-hmm. In her case, it will be punitive towards her and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just one of many things that seem to be blowing up there of all these fake trials that they got. Right. Uh, the profile. Uh, you got the truckers running around uh, saying that they are not going to uh, deliver goods to New York. Oh, okay. okay. You didn't know that. No, because I haven't really looked at anything. Yeah, that's been all over the media. But that's been in the media for about the last three days now. It's supposed to start it wow. uh, yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Yeah, so, so what? Is, so a lot of truckers are there, like they were at in Texas at the border. It's a lot of truckers. What they just not delivering no foods or nothing, huh? Nothing. That, and these are the independents because you know, of course, uh, the people that work for companies. Company, yeah, the company's going to continue mm-hmm. to do what they. But the independents, okay. a lot of the independents are saying uh, they're going to boycott it because. Uh, you can't have a verdict of guilty against anybody in this country, at least you're not supposed to, mm-hmm. unless you have evidence to point to a crime that they committed. And in this situation, there's not one shred of evidence to support a crime from anywhere. It's the opinion of the judge and the prosecutor, Letitia James. But all of that is going to come crumbling down on their head, and the truckers thing is just the beginning salvo. Like everything else, these people are going to be in big trouble because, really, Bev, they rule through gangsterism. Mm-hmm. Dealing with here. And, and here, oh, I did hear that here in Michigan that there, uh, the governor is asking people to voluntarily voluntarily house the, the uh, illegals. Yeah, that's not the first willing step. to pay nobody. She wants you to volunteer to, to let strangers in your house. Yeah, well, they know where that's going. That's going absolutely nowhere. They want to make it not voluntary. They want to make it mandatory. Mm-hmm. That's, that's coming under climate change. Mm-hmm. You own nothing and be happy. Now, all this is the uh, 
United Nations World Economic Forum framework uh, that's being propagandized through the Democratic Party. I'm sorry, the, the Degenerate Party uh, and the uh, 75% of the Republican Party. But there's enough opposition in the body politic, and there's overwhelming uh, opposition among the public, okay? Uh, and I, when I say the public, I'm talking globally. I'm not just talking about here. They're scared to death of the people. So they must uh, exert punitive measures on the people. This is what they do. This is what NATO, its very foundation, is that. So uh, the people would probably be surprised, not the people that listen to this program, but people would probably be surprised the level that NATO uh, and the overall intelligence community uh, is playing in everything that's going on. Uh, it's my contention at this point that most of the people you see giving you your daily digest of so-called information and news uh, are intelligence agents. Well, how do you know that? Well, because you cannot have Hillary Clinton being interviewed uh, as a source of stability and truthfulness and not ask her why she financed the very foundation in terms of the Russia, uh, Russia, Russia, Russia Trump investigation, where she never gets asked that question, but she's, uh, given the opportunity to act as if she's a, an authority. Hillary Clinton is an authority on nothing but mass murder and child abuse. That's it. And she's heavily involved and has been in Ukraine, which was one of the major centers for where the Russian disinformation campaign came out of from the Nazis in Ukraine. So you see, well, when when she was in college, wasn't she part of one of them Nazi society or something? I can't remember what society she was involved in. I'm not aware of that, but I knew okay. no. I, she was part of the uh, New Posture Society, where your mental capabilities was based upon your posture which is why white women uh, for a few hundred years would take posture classes because they felt that the uh, position of your spine, right, which is what posture is all about, was the sign of your intelligence. So they should have whole schools for that, but... While she was at the university, uh, well, I forget the name of the university she was at. As a matter of fact, Tony Martin, who wrote the book The uh, African Holocaust, uh, he was a professor, a tenure professor at this college. It was an all-girls college. And Hillary Clinton and Diane Sawyer were, were uh, colleagues. They were students together at that university. They were both a part of that new posture society. So I don't know about the other thing, but uh, nothing would surpass uh, or surprise me uh, 
from a negative standpoint that Hillary Clinton has been involved in because everything that she touches, like the degenerative party, ends up in death and destruction. Yes, thank you, Pam. That was Wellesley College. Okay, so, but they sticking microphones in her face as if she's not uh, an utter disgrace to life because they never ask her anything. They just let her run off at the mouth. So all of this stuff with Trump Russia, Hillary Clinton was the very beginning of it, but it was basically co-signed by Barack Obama, uh, the CIA, and NATO. See, they call them the five eyes. I'm going to call them what they really are. That's NATO. Okay? Who, along with the CIA, has done immeasurable damage all around the planet in the name of fighting some imaginary enemy. They would overthrow people's governments, uh, mass murder people that rose up against them, you know, financing death squads and all this kind of stuff all over the world. And now they have the unmitigated gall to point the finger at the death of a MI6 British intelligence spy who uh, died in a Russian prison. I'm talking about this guy, uh, uh, Navalny, okay, uh, mega racist Navalny, who the U.S. government is ready to go to war over this dude that had absolutely nothing to do with this country, while at the same time, we pointed out, Sister Bear, about three weeks ago, that Gonzalo Lira, an independent investigative reporter, very well known in the independent uh, community, was arrested in Ukraine and put in prison for printing something that the government didn't want it printed. That's called the truth about the huge Ukrainian losses. Well, he got murdered, uh, died in prison, because I can't say he was murdered. All I know is he's dead, and the United States government didn't say a word because he's a U.S. citizen, okay? And, of course, Ukraine has the tranny kill list, right? Mm-hmm. So... These next couple of days, I think, are going to be very interesting. I've got some fascinating uh, video there uh, that I think the family is going to really, really appreciate. Uh, But before I do that, since I mentioned Hillary Clinton and Bear, I know you've been kind of uh, hearing some of the things that's going on with Orange Man and the Three hundred and fifty-five million dollars, and and all those kind of things, right? Yeah, didn't they uh, get 
they awarded, they took $350,000 million or billion or whatever. Yeah, three hundred fifty-five million. Yes. Okay. But it's really interesting. The response, from what I'm hearing, is mm-hmm. over against it. This from uh, so-called Democrats in the business world. All right. But you see, this propaganda does is it takes more important things out of the discussion. Uh, Joe Biden is getting his ass handed to him in the Congress with his business partners testifying against him and his son with factual documented evidence that Biden was directly involved in these business deals with the 20 shell corporations. All that's happening right now. But they want people to focus on uh, this fake verdict in New York. And it's really interesting, Bev, because mm-hmm. it came down with the verdict. They, he was introducing a Trump tennis shoe. Oh, okay. I heard something about the tennis shoe, a gold they tennis that- shoe or something. They sold out in hours. Wow. Okay. And the people from around the country have set up a GoFundMe account to pay this man $355 million. Okay. You you see, Bam? I keep saying this is a phenomenon. This dude represents a phenomenon. And no intelligence community is going to be able to short-circuit the phenomena. And believe me, uh, these next two days will show you exactly what I'm talking about in terms of the punitive measures that these people have engaged in. And in many cases, people, uh, large numbers of people are not aware that this is even happening. Okay. Uh, Biden still can't stand up for 15 minutes. Let me say that again. <laughs> Biden still can't stand up for 15 minutes. Well, you call him the court. But what do you? What do courts do? I would expect nothing less, Bear. <laughs> they understand how drastic the situation is. And again, I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking globally. Mm-hmm. Um, I even I even hear people uh, outlining the exact scenarios that I described on here, I think it was last week, a week before last, where we pointed out that what you'll probably see is Trump landslide uh, with the election and as soon as he wins, they're going to turn loose all these illegals. And uh, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Zionist shock troops, otherwise known as Antifa, they're going to turn well, them loose. I, well, they starting already because they're not. I did see some, they, and they always had a mask on. 
It was supposed to have been the Nazi party or something, and these men was marching with their Nazi flags, and they all had masks on to cover well, their whole you, face. That's how you know it's phony. That's, yeah. When I saw all that mask, I'm like, oh, here they go. Yeah, all this is a psychological operation. Again, I, I stressed last week for people to understand the nature of psychology, okay, and what's being done because in many cases they're using the computer system as the engines of this uh, these psychological operations. But, of course, you know, you're going to hear from people at the top. Now, we've been screaming this stuff for years. So for me, none of this is is new, but I, I just want to uh, play two pieces here, Sister Bear. Oh, and by the way, okay. we got another sister that got our ass handed to her, uh, but Who we'll come that? back to. Uh, we, okay. we, we we have to do that tomorrow because you know it's, it's just a lot of stuff to have to deal with today. Okay, okay. Uh, the sister that was the uh, state's attorney down in Baltimore. Uh, that dealt with the Freddie Gray situation. Okay. People don't understand. I keep saying, uh, when you're in government, you leave a huge paper trail. Everything that you do pretty much is going to involve the use of paper. They can always go back. Okay? But look, um, uh, Charlemagne the Goddamn, who I also mm-hmm. don't even want to with on the program, because people should be able to see through him. Apparently, um, his memo hasn't expired. That if you go out here and support anything outside of the Democratic Party, they're gonna bring legitimate rape charges against his ass. Oh, so, okay. He has to uh, dance and duck and dodge and look like an an all-around damn fool. And, again, uh, people patronize him for whatever reason, but he's a a pile of garbage. I mean, just, just don't say nothing. Just shut your mouth instead of opening your mouth and letting everybody know how big a damn fool you really are. And by reflection, Bear family, uh, for those of you who listen to him, what he's really saying is you're a damn fool as well for listening to him. That's the implications of this psycholo- these psychological operations that are being run across the board. Okay? And anybody with large audiences uh, online uh, you can bet they're going to be on one side or the other. There's very little neutrality. Okay? If you black and you got millions of people listening to your program, the government is listening as well. And uh, if they can find any kind of dirt on you or if they can compromise your integrity, if you have any, uh, by paying you, they will do that. I mean, they've done this for a long, long time. It's just now in the Internet domain used to be the preachers and this kind of thing uh, and others uh, 
members from so-called organizations are getting financed uh, to spy on the black community. Okay, let us know in your annual report what the niggas is doing. Now that's changed. Now it's in the Internet domain. So they got fancy little names for these, these people. They call them influencers and all this kind of junk. But all this is part of this overall psychological operation that's basically a propagandistic in nature, but its, its final results are extremely punitive. Okay? Let me show you how uh, they really view you and the level of stupidity that they take you for. Check this out, family. Now, I'm going to try to send these to you, Bear. Okay. This is Joe Biden. Uh, No friend to black people by any stretch of the imagination. Being allowed to go to a black man and his two boys' home. Mm -hmm. Film eating fried chicken. Looking like he was... That was an looking like he was ready to lay down in a casket. That's the insult. Well, no. When they told, when they went got the big asses of the black uh, uh, prostitutes, dancers, whatever you want to call them, and told Mm you ass to the polls, and they showed them with them gigantic asses uh, flopping around on the end of a pole. Right. This this one is to be expected. Check this out, family. And you see the CEO of Joe Biden eating fried chicken with the black family? Just show it because, you know, that's how he rolls. So the Biden administration, and more importantly, the Biden campaign, they are still in drastic damage control right now. They are reeling from that report last week that told the American people officially in a legal court document, well, what the American people have already seen and heard with our eyes and ears, that Joe Biden is incapable of being the president of the United States. This document, of course, said that he was incapable of defending himself in court. And that a jury would just give him a pass because they just see a senile, old, amiable man there in front of them. And that's exactly what our allies and enemies around the world see. And it's what we see. We've been seeing it. We've seen his decline. So they're in damage control mode. And it manifests in a brand new video that they put on on their TikTok page as well as their YouTube page. Uh, We'll get to the TikTok part in a minute. But I want you to see what this video looks like. It's Joe having a meal with a black family. Oh, man, you got chicken burgers you got. Yeah. Oh, I want the room. Making sure I had the room burger. So tell me about you guys. What you doing these days? Why don't you share about your passing sports? I'm playing AAU basketball right now. Are you really? You look for your card? Yes, sir. Now, what grade are you at? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Right now I'm just basketball, playing on a JV team for my school. 
Right about in school, how are y'all doing in school? What you tell the president about the school? Favorite thing about it is the business academy I'm in. We get to like travel, so we've been to like NC State, uh, Wake Tech, and we, we, yeah, we went to this small job cleaning business. And it's just, it's cool, it's a great experience. That's impressive. Is that a new program at the school? Yes, sir, it is. It just started just a couple of years ago. You know, I love you. You can just feel it, can't you? Yes, sir. Get that job in front of the ball for it. One of the retards, hard race, one shirt, teenager. One hard race. You gotta be patient with us, you know what I mean? I'm patient. I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better now. He seems totally capable and in command of major high level legislative affairs domestically and national security concerns around the world. Are you kidding me? This is the best they got? This, this is what we got to stick by. We got to show that Biden is great and coherent and, and really, you know, on his best game. Yeah, let's, let's throw that video out there. This is an embarrassment. He barely was able to put together more than one or two sentences without edits. I'd love to see the raw footage of this, by the way. But if you're trying to tell us that the President of the United States is completely lucid, has a great memory, and capable of doing his job, and to prove it, you show him, show him making small talk with a family who's forced to be there and eat and talk to him. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're not, you're not assuaging any of our fears. Also, not to, you know, not to be too nitpicky, but I'm guessing the White House catered this meal. They brought the food for the family. Who had the bright idea of making sure that the black kids all got fried chicken and Biden stuck with a hamburger? I mean, that doesn't quite look right, does it? Especially considering, you know, Joe Biden's past, his history of rather racist things that he has said and done and voted for. I mean, it's not me saying this. It's his own vice president, Kamala Harris, who chastised him for being racist back in the campaign. I I don't know. I I could be wrong, but maybe Biden could have taken one for the team and had the fried chicken as well. Meanwhile, they put out a longer version of this video over on YouTube. And I just want to show you the very beginning of it because Joe Biden actually literally checks his watch because he wants to get the hell out of there. Watch. You see, <laughs> that's at the very beginning of the video over at YouTube. Let's watch it again. Uh, is it time to go yet? Get the hell out of here. Absolutely pathetic. And again, this, this, this pretend propaganda to try to make just look like a regular guy who's, you know, I, are you, how many times is, yeah, this is, you know, he loves to get up in front of a black church. I was raised in a black church. Really, were you, Joe? Were you? Did he look like, looked like he was natural and completely comfortable and at ease in that setting? I, it reminds you of Hillary Clinton. Remember, I you, you know it's bad when you're doing a political appearance and it reminds people of Hillary Clinton. But remember this moment when she was running in 2016? What, what's something that you always carry with you? Hot sauce. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you getting information right now? <laughs> uh, he, she's on the breakfast club. And again, it's one insult after another. You can walk probably the entirety of this globe, and every white person you talk to, you walk up to, even in Louisiana, 
and ask them do they have some hot sauce in their pocket and see what you get. But she knows she can go on one of these Negro shows and says that she carries hot sauce with her wherever she goes. This is Charlemagne the goddamn. Hot sauce in my back? What? Hot sauce? Really? Yes. Now, listen, yes. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering the black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Is it working? I miss her so much. She hasn't gone anywhere, family. She's always lurking in the shadows. So, Bev, I'm sending this to you so you can post it in the chat room if anybody wants to listen to the rest of it. That's enough for me. Well, that that family had the grand uh, dragon in their house. Or the, you know, that's what they call the guy, the Ku Klux Klan, don't they? And uh, uh, this is the this is the year of the the dragon. Okay, I don't know if the Ku Klux Klan even exists anymore. <laughs> well, what then they used to call the head person. Yeah, the Grand Dragon. But even if it existed, mm-hmm. if it did exist today, wouldn't make that much difference, Bear, because the government is far more dangerous than any Klansman you'll ever run into. So now, Hillary Clinton still not asked anything about what she did, okay? Now, this is either today or yesterday. Check out what she says now. Pay close attention to this because this will feed into uh, the rest of the program. Okay? If I can get it to come on here. All right, there we go. Can Ukraine survive another year? Will the United States step up? And will the United States continue to be uh, a leader of NATO, given uh, former President Trump's recent comments? You know, President Biden said this week, supporting this bill, the one for foreign aid and military aid, is standing up to Putin, opposing it is uh, playing into Putin's hands. Yes. What, I mean, you're a former senator. <laughs> you know, the Senate came kicking and screaming, but they passed it, but the House hasn't passed right. it. Where do you think, you know, in the political realm, this is going to go? Well, one thing I know for sure, if this bill from the Senate were ever put on the floor of the House, it would pass. It would pass uh, overwhelmingly because the people who are preventing it, starting with the uh, Speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, um, are not doing American business. They're doing Donald Trump's business. And why is Donald Trump so enamored of Putin? Well, part of it is he's a wannabe dictator. He has told us that repeatedly. He even said the other day, let's uh, basically get out of NATO and, you know, encourage Putin to do what he wants to do. How absurd a statement that is cannot even be, you know, measured um, because you are essentially giving a green light to a murderous, brutal dictator. 
Nobody who is siding with Trump on this issue would want to live under that kind of regime. I want to ask you, though, you said if it came to the floor of the House, it would pass yes, overwhelmingly. We know that the majority of Americans believe and support NATO, yes. and they, they, they want to support it. But why do you think that? Then why isn't it coming to the floor of the House? Well, this is one of the great political mysteries of our time, because there are Republicans who feel that they took an oath to Donald Trump not to uh, the United States of America. And I don't say that lightly, but I cannot understand it. There are people I served with in the Senate for eight years who have turned on America in order to uh, curry favor with Trump. I don't recognize these people. Uh, these are people who I worked with, that uh, I traveled with, and to hear what's coming out of their mouths now is just shocking to me. So there's something going on in this minority of the Republican members of Congress, particularly in the House, that makes them seem as though they're a member of the Trump cult. Not that they took an oath to serve our country and you know, work on behalf of their constituents. I'm hoping that uh, you know, better heads will prevail and we will get that vote. For those who say this is just Trump in campaign mode. No, that's not true, Christiane. You need to listen to him and take him seriously. He is telling us what he wants to do. He wants to be a dictator on day one. He wants to uh, round up people because of the way they look. You know, they may or may not be undocumented. It doesn't matter to him. He wants to call out the army to do that. He wants to use, you know, the Insurrection Act to militarize American law enforcement. He has a whole team of right-wing uh, thinkers, so to speak, who are coming up with an agenda called Project 2025. He wants to rid the government of any kind of independent expertise. So, you know, he wants people who will say when he said memorably during COVID, maybe you should inject yourself with bleach. Instead of looking shocked, they'll say, yes, sir, Mr. President. That's what he wants. He wants to bend the government of the United States to his will, just like Vladimir Putin did to Russia. That doesn't even need me to say anything behind it. <laughs> wow. If a person is not uh, following politics, they will believe all of that. If you believe all of that, you need your ass whooped severely. Because if you following politics, if you ain't following politics, you know what the Mueller report said. That was their guy, right? Mm-hmm. And all of the documentation about all this stuff starting with Hillary Clinton is right in there. That ain't my opinion. Okay? The fact that Hillary Clinton used Ukraine as one of them places to facilitate uh, through NATO and the so-called Five Eyes all of this insanity, and then they tried to impeach this dude over a phone call with Zelensky, where even Zelensky said that he wasn't threatened. And then they went and got all of their NATO mouthpieces out of Ukraine and had them to testify as the witnesses. But them NATO people was also CIA people because the CIA and NATO are pretty much one and the same now. All of it is doing the bidding of the Zionists slash communists. 
That's not my well, opinion. Well, you, had, Go ahead, you had told us back in 2016 that the news people were the CIA. And sure enough, when you start watching them, you could see it. But we even use metaphysics uh, over the years to point out that the most important part of the newspaper is the op-ed, opinions and editorials. Yeah. But that there's another name for the media, that if you take op-ed and take that other name of the media, which is the press, and put it in between the op and the ed, you really have the the um, uh, the mission, the institutional mission of the media, and that mission is to keep the people oppressed. Everybody can see it. I mean, we've been saying this since the 90s. So it's not new. We didn't need Trump to tell us that the news media was fake. Uh, the people just couldn't see it because they had no reason to look at it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm like a gnat out here telling people what's going on. And, of course, a gnat on the ass of an elephant is inconsequential. Okay, but mm-hmm. now there's a bunch of gnats on that elephant's ass. And no matter how he shake that little tail, he can't get rid of all them gnats. That's the current circumstance that's happening today. People are all over them, all over the globe, not just here. That's what's important. So their mission is to demonize as many white people as they possibly can in the service of the Zionists. And, again, it's going to be crystal clear after tonight the the role that NATO and the CIA are playing, not just uh, in this election right now as you and I speak, with them attempting to classify anything and anybody that doesn't spit out the same party line as disinformation and misinformation. Okay. Well, how how would they um, adjudicate that? They use fake organizations like NewsGuard to determine what's right and what's not right. NewsGuard is an, uh, an arm, a tentacle of NATO, financed by the same people. Okay, NATO is really the uh, auxiliary arm of what we thought was long gone, but has still been around in the person of NATO, and that's the Nazis. NATO's root is the Nazis. And we ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, nine eleven was small potatoes. The Oklahoma City bombing was small potatoes. That mass shooting that you saw in Las Vegas was small potatoes. 
they're willing to sacrifice as many people. Don't believe me? Look at Ukraine. Look at COVID. Yeah, that's true, too. But that's still in the dark, pretty much. Although it's starting to come out, uh, they control all of the media. So it's it's coming out much slower. But believe me, Bear, they've already created another fake virus that don't even exist, but they got the media telling you it exists. And that's disease X. Well, why are they doing that? Because they want... Well, they... Go ahead, Bear. Oh, I was just, go ahead. I was just sitting ready to say, where are all these X's coming from? Go ahead. It, Everything is sign. X now. Yeah, it's like a sign of the times, Bear. <laughs> I find it all quite interesting myself. Yeah, right. But all of this, all of this is being run by NATO and the CIA. That's the important thing for the family to understand. So we told you that uh, Biden is, is, and the Zionists that run Israel are going to expand the war. So w- what has happened? Now Israel is running around bombing Lebanon, and they got two or three other countries already on the drawing board to start bombing. In the meantime, there's a U.N. resolution calling for a ceasefire, and there's only one dissenting vote. I give you one guess. Uh, who on the U.N. Security Council said no? The United States. So while they publicly taught this corpse out here, to make it appear as though he's uh, chastising Netanyahu, they're vetoing stopping uh, the war in the United Nations. And I'm saying, I'm going to say this again. You ain't seen nothing yet. The stakes are extremely high. And anything that they can do to prevent uh, the, the orange demon from getting back into the White House, they will do it. This is deep stuff, family. Let, let, let me go here. So I want you to understand why I'm saying the things that I'm saying. Because I'm just scratching the surface. We haven't even gotten into the technological end of this, because you got to understand, the mRNA vaccine is primarily a military weapon. That's who put it out here. And there's a lot of evidence where I'm sitting that it came from Ukraine and not China, from them bioweapons lab, of which, uh, Hunter Biden was a major investor, along with other CIA operatives. 
See, I, I'm just wondering if people are taking this in because I don't know. Okay? It's a matter of public record. But you know they in they in desperate shape because also today Nancy Pelosi crawled up out of her grave. Okay? And I want to show you what she said. I mean, these people, they can't be human. They can't be human because you can't lie like this, at least I would think, and not have your conscience just eat you up. Now, you remember the little red-haired girl who used to be the uh, uh, Biden's uh, media mouthpiece? Beth? Yes, you're talking to me. I remember. Didn't she go oh. to work for the media? Yes. Okay. Well, there's Nancy Pelosi right back in everybody's face. But it's, it's not that she's there. I mean, I don't care about them having these people wherever they want to have them. The important thing is listen to what they say. Okay? So now, here's Nancy Pelosi. Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi two of the most despicable people disgracing the planet, okay? Remember, Nancy Pelosi has made over $100 million since she's been in office. Check this out, family. Putin is probably the richest person in the world. I'm the richest person in the world. Forget all these ravings that people are the richest person in the world. He's also the most, well, not the most evil, stiff competition for that honor, but nonetheless uh, among the top three or four most evil people in the world. What does he have on Donald Trump that he has to constantly be catering to Putin? Telling Putin, go into these countries, NATO countries. NATO was there to stop Russia, to keep Russia out. They have been successful for nearly 75 years. We will celebrate that uh, security success. And then we have, what's his name? I usually have him nameless, saying um, he doesn't support NATO and, and uh, uh, invite, encouraging Russia to invade NATO countries. He, he who shall not be named, I know Voldemort well, so there's another guy, kind of like him. What do you think, we're all wondering this question, Speaker Pelosi, what do you think Putin has on him? I mean, it sure seems like something, as you've said a few times, given that he refuses to criticize him, that he seems to be a fanboy of him. Are, are you worried well, you know, about uh, the Mueller? Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. First of all, first of all, we must, be sure that he does not step one foot into the White House, not as president or not as anything. He has brought disgrace to the White House to these presidents. I talked about George Washington. It's also President's Week for uh, Abraham Lincoln. When Abraham Lincoln died, it was embroidered in his coat that night at that theater, one country, one destiny, and he gave his life 
to unify our country. And now we have someone who had the honor of serving in the White House, didn't consider it an honor, didn't consider his oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution. And on this week, speaking out the way he did about Navalny shows you that he is a person without values. He looks like he's going to be a person without dollars either, but the values are what concern us. Yes, the, the dollars. So I don't know what he has on them, but I think it's probably financial. I think it's probably financial, either something financially has on or something on the come. Yeah, oh, let me ask you I'm again, Beth. I'm left speechless. <laughs> to say and never get called on what it is they're accusing somebody of. Why? Because she's sitting there talking to the CIA right across from her. It's absolutely, this woman made over $100 million doing insider trading. That ain't my opinion. There's nobody in the history of Wall Street that has that kind of record. No one. And she got the nerve to point the finger at somebody Putin ain't nowhere near, not even remotely close. To them old European Zionist families like the Rothschilds in terms of wealth. There's no lineage of Putin passing down billions of dollars uh, or getting billions of dollars passed down to him from his offspring. That's the Rothschilds for hundreds of years. But there's a reason. If you notice, she too, Trump Russia. Right? I don't know what Putin got, but he must be on the come. Uh, no, dear Nancy, it's your fake husband that's on the come. Literally. Running around with a closeted homosexual in his drawers in his house. You see? Value? Whose values? The last time I checked, Bath, the LGBT psychological operation was being run on the left. The last time I checked. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you ain't got a number of Republicans that are just as degenerate, and what's interesting is many of them are the so-called rhinos. They hate anybody with values. It's because they don't have any. I can't, again, I can't stress enough the level of propaganda that's being used on the population today. Let me send this one to you, Bear. Did you get the other two? Uh, let me see. Yeah, I have them. Okay. Yeah, make sure you make those available in the chat room. Because, again, this is going to get real. Oh, by the way, 
Uh, shout out to Judge Joe Brown and his co-host. Okay. Now this is when you really need a guy like like him, Judge Joe Brown, when these trials come up. Cause man, he roasted Fanny. So if if Fanny's ass was a ham, she'd be ready to get a few slices sliced off for for somebody to get a ham sandwich. I mean, he roasted them. But he also gave credit to her daddy, who tried to basically pull her ass out the fire because he's an ex-Black Panther. He's a what? An ex-what? Black Panther. Oh, okay. He he was close to the higher-ups inside the Black Panther Party. He was originally from California. And as Judge Joe Brown puts it, Judge Joe Brown went to school with him. Okay. Really, really smart guy. Guess what, Bill? He taught at Harvard. He taught at Harvard. Her dad? Wow. Yeah. No wonder she's cocky. Yeah, but that ain't going to save her ass. You see? Yes, you're right. She's definitely cocky. But the problem is, she had her ass in the ass. As everybody was able to see, she got that same attitude. <laughs> that don't work real well with the public. Because it makes, it makes it look as if you expect some kind of special treatment because you got your head in the ass of the Zion. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. While this was not a trial, she was snapping at the uh, the people, the lawyers that were asking her questions about her behavior. So it doesn't matter what the judge ruled. They can never convict Orange Man with her as the prosecution. Prosecute as the prosecutor. It can never happen. It will be overthrown because of conflicts of interest. So that case is dead. Period. And the same thing is going to happen with the little white girl that got, what was it, 80-something million dollars? Right. Talking about they're going shopping. It's it's unbelievable when you look at that case, and I'm not going to even go over the particulars, but it was financed and run and controlled by the Democratic Party. That ain't my opinion. (laughs) All of it. See, if this was a Democrat and the Republicans were doing this to him, I would say exactly the same thing. And I have. So it doesn't matter. It's about the truth. Because once you understand the nature of the technology 
that they're using out here today. Man, oh, man. Let me give you an example, family, of what I mean by punitive propaganda. Oh, no, by the way, because people tend to forget. I can never forget uh, the cavalier attitude expressed by Hillary Clinton when she got through bombing NATO and and Gaddafi was uh, literally uh, murdered uh, with the murderers sticking brooms up his rectum. And then she comes back and makes jokes about it. Here's another situation that I never, uh, I always managed to get this guy's name into the conversation, and I'll do it, not for long periods, but I have to keep bringing them up because this is another one of them classic cases of the degenerate party persecuting somebody for telling the truth. And I'm talking about Julian Assange or WikiLeaks. Okay, and how they're trying to extradite him back to this country right now where they're going to kill him in prison. They're going to do him just like they did Epstein. And these people got the nerve to talk about Navalny dying in a Russian prison when the whole damn country saw Jeffrey Epstein murdered, allegedly, in his jail cell after being attempted to be murdered by a guy that had Four sets of muscles on him. What was his name? Tear your ass up. This is the biggest man that I've ever seen. Four sets of muscles. Accused of assassinating six drug dealers. And felt that because he was a cop, he could get away with it. So... They put him in the cell with Jeffrey Epstein, and the next thing you know, Jeffrey Epstein is trying to commit suicide. He comes out, he tells his lawyer and anybody that listened that it was tear your ass up that tried to kill him. That's why his name is tear your ass up. That's what he do. We're in the middle of punitive propaganda, family. And tomorrow, we're going to go into a little bit of Edward Bernays so you can understand the, uh, pretty much the foundation currently dictated of propaganda. Get it from the horse's mouth, okay? And again, these missions are being run by NATO, which comprises the rest of the global intelligence community, okay, and the CIA. Now, some of you may be saying, well, where's Mossad? they just getting the reports back from NATO because they running the whole thing. If the Zionists are running the Congress, and they are, okay, and they farm control of the United Nations through U.S. veto power, and they do. Okay? Then you can put one and one together and don't be shocked or angry because it comes out to two. Let me show you what I mean. This whole move towards 
censorship, and you see it uh, just going full speed ahead in Europe, where once they put the censorship thing in, they're going to start arresting anybody that says anything other than what they want them to say. This is from American Greatness, or AM Greatness. NATO's new mission, peace through censorship. They say, in the in the cognitive warfare concept, NATO has embraced and refashioned the leftist ideology of the woke diversity equity, and inclusion cult, both based upon the communist lie of knowing one's thoughts better than the individual. And again, family, just keep in mind that we told you the whole so-called pandemic thing was being run by who, Bev? Who did we say was running it? The what? The pandemic. Yes. NATO? Yes. We said this couldn't be coordinated the way it's being coordinated by all these European countries and other countries around the world if NATO wasn't involved. So we pointed the thing at them early on, and it is proved to be absolutely correct. They're going to say, when pondering the ranks of institutions captured by leftist elitists, one of the most ominous is the American military. And I keep hearing people talking about the military like it's it's going to be on the side of the people. And I tried to suggest to people that you go back and uh, reanalyze that whole situation. Okay? They already recruiting illegals. They say the left is brazenly proselytizing, neutering, and politicizing the American military with its DEI ideology. Okay? I can't say diversity, equity, and I'm just going to say DEI. So they politicize the American military with its DEI ideology and inherently partisan divisive assault designed to hollow out its historical war-fighting spirit and value systems, that the left would expand its political proselytizing into affiliated militaries within our alliances is to be expected. That's why you saw, family, the tranny being the spokesperson for the Nazi-led Ukraine military, okay, talking about he got a kill list and bragging about it and said he was going to kill people like Tucker Carlson and others. Why? For the same reason that they killed Gonzalo Lira, that's my opinion, have no evidence to justify it, uh, other than this dude is very dead, and, and the 
U.S. government hasn't said a word. Okay? Uh, they say that these politically subversive assaults on our and our allied military must be opposed is imperative. To wit, NATO, a transatlantic military alliance in search of a reason perpetuating its existence, NATO was a prime target for left-wing capture and weaponization. Recall, family, at the top of the agenda for Orange Man was the defunding of NATO, and he came out here and actively pushed to defund them. And he got all kind of pushback. That's why NATO is still in place right now. So he had to compromise. This is early on when he got in office. So he said that the Europeans should pay their fair share and that the U.S. should not be the overwhelming financier of NATO. Truth is very powerful. And it's the one thing that uh, punitive propaganda cannot survive. So that lets you know, that should give you a clear hint of whatever they do, what they're going to be targeting. They're going to be targeting people's ability to transmit information to each other. Okay? They say uh, NATO was a prime target for left-wing capture and weaponization. Consequently, embracing the left's paranoid narratives, NATO uh, seeks a new mission that placates the elite by asserting that in stopping nebulously defined authoritarians, the first line of defense is censoring and controlling member states' free citizens. So in order for them to deal with so-called authoritarianism, that's anything and anybody that doesn't follow them. You're an authoritarian, even though... They are the authoritarians, and that's why you hear them uh, pointing the finger at what Orange Man will do, but that they are already doing, okay? In other words, you got to destabilize a country before you can stabilize it. Now, they say, thrice annually, NATO's Joint Warfare Center's Public Affairs Office publishes a magazine for its 31 members, the Three Swords. In October 2023's issue, Commander Cornelius Van der Klaal, uh, is going to be called the commander for the rest of the time. He's a Royal Netherlands Navy subject matter expert in the strategic communications and information operations uh, NATO Joint Warfare Center. He wrote this, quote, to raise awareness of a new NATO concept that is in its infancy, but that will have significant impact on individuals, groups, societies, 
and the way future wars are fought. Cognitive warfare. Okay? They say in 2021, NATO initiated this new concepts implementation, and the final concept is on the verge of being approved by NATO's military committee. Evidently, that means it's time for the alliance to inform the free world that 2024 will usher in 1984. Cognitive warfare. Wait a minute. That's warfare on your brain? That's precisely what it is. But it goes much, much deeper, family. They say cognitive warfare is a fact of the modern age, and everyone, whether civilian or military, is a potential target. Cognitive attacks are aimed at exploiting emotions rooted in our subconscious, bypassing our rational conscious mind. This is achieved by exploiting biases, fallacies, emotions, and automatisms, but also through nanotechnology, biotechnology, and information technology. Okay? So they're going to exploit your biases, your fallacies, emotions, and things that you would normally do uh, throughout your daily course but they're going to sprinkle in a little nanotechnology, biotechnology, and information technology to make sure that you are um, more than apt to follow their cognitive wishes, their propagandistic wishes, without you even knowing, because the punitive attack is on your mind. They say, yeah, once that first shovelful of authoritarian disinformation is heaped upon our unwitting brains, we populist peasants could become domestic threats, performing the enemy's work for them. Well, what did they just say? They just said NATO will use mind control because it works. Manipulating people's emotional states, all right, to get them to do things that they otherwise wouldn't, and what's more insidious, they're not even aware that that's why they're doing it. Inner NATO, who knows what you're thinking, even if you don't, as the commander, the guy that's running all this out of NATO, enlightens us. In cognitive warfare, the ultimate aim is to alter our perception of reality and deceive our brains to affect our decision-making. We are commonly unaware of such attacks before it's too late, and they've already affected their targets. Therefore, we must protect ourselves by raising awareness and developing a system of indicators and warnings that can provide 
real-time information. And as we stressed for many years, Bear, as your level of knowledge and awareness increases, there's a corresponding decrease in fear. The way they keep keep people fear, and this is how you know that uh, the cowards among the people are the people who are the most fearful. And it proves itself out. You don't want to be around people who are scared of their own shadow because they'll shoot you thinking you are their shadow. Let's keep going. This will sound familiar to those devotees of the Maoist diversity, equity, and inclusion cult, unconscious bias canard within the larger disinformation operation of systemic racism. Okay? Uh, According to the commander, quote, Cognitive warfare is so pervasive, incessant, and unending that you do not consciously recognize it and will always need NATO to sniff and stamp it out. While cognitive effects are not measurable in the typical sense, they do affect how we think, what we feel, and how we act. They're taking place already now, and these attacks will continue to become more sophisticated. Several countries are developing uh, NBIC capabilities, that's the technological uh, arm of this, and collecting data for use in targeting the cognitive dimension. So they're going to use the the technology, the nanotech, etc., to as a weapon to attack your capability to think and act. These activities are supported by aspects such as data mining and data analytics and are further combined with artificial intelligence. And the technology basically will render you helpless if you took the venom because that is one of the primary means or modes of operations that they're going to be using to dictate the behavior of the people. Because as we stated, you more or less become automatons because the so-called mRNA is an operating system and is now operating in you if you took the venom. That is why uh, people have become magnetized. Okay, you've all seen the videos. Well, that's because they're connecting you to the Internet where they will be able to systematically, okay, using cognitive warfare and nanotech and other technology uh, to render your independent movement and other capabilities obsolete. This is NATO. Now, they say, Apparently, these cognitive attacks are so sophisticated that the author cannot cite a specific instance, though he does offer what might someday be considered such an attack. 
uh, the Havana syndrome. Y'all know about that where uh, apparently cognitive warfare was used in Havana, Cuba, where a number of uh, embassy staff began to have severe headaches, nausea, and other symptoms that they couldn't identify who did it and where it came from because they did it. Okay? They say, they say, one can only suppose cognitive warfare is like pornography. One knows it when one sees it. But NATO has a handy list of those who are most susceptible to whatever cognitive warfare may or may not be employed against the free world citizenry. The most vulnerable are individuals who feel a lack of belonging, who feel marginalized, think they lack the ability to express their grievances, or believe they are deprived of their rights. Usually, this is combined with a lack of trust in governance and social structures. These perceptions can stem from ethical, racial, religious, economic, or even historical reasons, all of those particular areas are now being used by NATO and the United States government and their allies to neutralize uh, all the opposition, and it is uh, huge, coming from their populations. That's why you've seen them uh, declare uh, Christians as now far-right Christians or Christian nationalists, okay? As if somehow Christian nationalists have gone throughout the planet killing people. Excuse me. It's the Zionists who've gone throughout the planet killing people. It's the intelligence community that's going throughout the planet killing people. NATO, in their punitive psychological operations and undercover operations that have gone on since the end of World War II, where they left stay-behind networks that NATO can drop a dime on to get them to go out and blow up stuff, and assassinate people and start fake revolutionary movements. That's NATO. Okay? They say, blah, 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 blah. Usually, this is blah, blah, blah. They say these perceptions, blah, blah, blah. They say vulnerabilities are also the key when it comes to understanding how we can protect ourselves against a cognitive attack. Yes. All pigs are equal, but some populist pigs are more vulnerable than others. Yeah, I know y'all already know that comes from animal farms. If you think this is a recipe for political repression, you are correct. Consider the handy list of potential domestic terrorists and traitors that the commander provides. Again, the commander is the guy overseeing all this. 
In Western societies, there are four fundamental vulnerabilities to consider. Government structure. The Western liberal democratic structure is vulnerable to cognitive attacks. At the same time, limits the opportunity to detect these attacks. Translation, freedom is dangerous to the free world. The media and information landscape uh, or limited means or lack of willingness to share information openly, especially in combination with low literacy or underdeveloped critical thinking skills, opens up a critical vulnerability that can be exploited by adversaries. Translation, the free world needs smart people to determine what information is safe for us numbskulls to consume. One cannot consider, that's in quotes, consider, because our critical thinking skills are too underdeveloped to be trusted to do that. So you need the government to tell you what you see and what you hear because you're not mentally capable to do that. Now, they say, if you think the commander's talking about the corporate media, progressive blogs, or MSNBC, resident conservative blogs, and Fox News, check this. Under increasing levels of populism, people who feel that they are not being heard or properly represented in institutions and that the, quote, elite, unquote, is disregarding their concerns, see populism as the solution to their problems, making them especially vulnerable to cognitive manipulation. And this is why you hear people like Hillary Clinton and others in the media always referring to people that don't follow them as being members of a cult, when by definition, the institutions and spiritual foundations that they wrap themselves in, uh, i.e. LGBT, the new God Baphomet construct that represents that template, is by definition a cult, okay? Because it's been hitting all this time, and only numbskulls like me and several others that have been researching for all these years and saying these very same things way before the general population is aware of any of it, okay? They say, and there it is. As the sex pistols long ago identified, quote, the problem is you, unquote. Note two, the use of feel, not think. Seems we populist peasants have this irrational, erroneous impression that the elites are getting richer and more powerful at our expense. Crazy, right? In some... The commander argues that in cognitive warfare, everyone is a potential target, with populace being the most susceptible. Further, the reason cognitive attacks work is that they achieve a specific aim without the target becoming aware of an attack. Generally, 
the damage is already done before the target realizes that it has been targeted. Worse still, he declares, quote, in the future, there will only be one rule in warfare. There are no rules, unquote. So how does NATO intend to protect our domestic one percenters from we populist peasants after we have been subconsciously riled up by authoritarians by fighting for peace through censorship to attain, quote, cognitive resilience, unquote, and, quote, superiority, unquote. So let's see what they're talking about here. They say it bears repeating that while he cannot cite a specific instance of the allegedly ongoing cognitive warfare, the commander enumerates the technology that can facilitate the devolving of free people into an authoritarian enemy's pawns. Social media platforms, smart devices, digital networks, gaming platforms, virtual reality environments, digital spaces serving as echo chambers, and the metaverse. Notice, family, almost all of this is controlled by their subordinates, okay, in every area. But check what they say after that. NATO plans on using, quote, science, unquote, in the service of monitoring and censoring these technologies. Now, this is technologies that they control. That's why you had the Twitter files, right, where it was shown that the intelligence community was all over it, running it, and taking direct orders from the White House under Joe Biden to censor people and subject matter. And it didn't matter who it was. They took off Nobel Prize winning scientists who pointed out to you what is now obvious, and that is that the so-called vaccine that we uh, labeled venom, punitive, and it was spread through the use of propaganda, the likes of which we've never seen before in this country. Okay? They say, knowing one's vulnerabilities is important. But knowing when a cognitive attack is taking place is just as vital. For example, it is essential to maintain awareness about the information we unknowingly share that can be used against us. At the same time, technological solutions can help to identify cognitive attacks through algorithms and artificial intelligence. Again, both weapons in their sheaths that they are using, family, but also with real-time pattern and signature recognition. Now, watch this, family. We've gotten uh, so alert that for years now, we've been able to anticipate their uh, patternistic movements uh, based on observing their behavior. 
That's what the research does. It gives you a cognitive pathway to be able to recognize patterns, right? It's like when a batter steps into the batter's box, he's looking for certain things that the pitcher might do to tip off what pitch is coming up next. By the same token, the pitcher is looking for patterns of behavior from the batter in terms of how can he deal with a 98-mile-an-hour slider. What does he usually do with a 98-mile-an-hour slider on the outside portion of the plate, which is an unhittable pitch? Okay? Well, what, is his, what are his tendencies towards that pitch? Well, generally, he's going to swing at it because he hasn't learned how to recognize the spin on that ball, okay? Because every pitch has a particular rotation. And the real good hitters can basically see the seams on the ball, even as it's spinning, okay? But the faster you throw that pitch, that slider, the more difficult it is to hold up because you can't see the spin of the seams. I know I'm using a little metaphors here, but that's to give you a general idea of what we're talking about. They say general awareness and technological solutions may alert us to cognitive attacks in good time and help us in determining the way to respond. This brings us to the subject of creating cognitive resilience. And that best way to respond to create cognitive resilience would be what, Commander? Within the cognitive warfare concept, cognitive resilience is defined as the, quote, capacity to withstand and recover quickly from an adversarial cognitive attack through the effective preparation of groups and individuals. That's what we're doing right now, Sister Bear, at Truth to Power. That's why they don't want people doing research. And if they do, they want you basically parroting what the mainstream media says. I've learned over the years that the best way to uh, identify the spin on a slider is to study the pitcher's arm motions before he even lets the pitch go. You already going to know based on the angle of his arm. All right, because a slider takes a different torque in order to get it to do what you want it to do. So you may not have to recognize the spin of the ball if you know that that pitcher that pitcher uh, throws his slider at a certain arm angle. Now the advantage comes to the batter because he knows to lay off that pitch because it's going to end up in the dirt 
They say, we must look at the current ways in which cognitive activities are conducted and by which means. In order to keep the initiative, we need to anticipate possible future developments. Currently, such future developments include ways to read thoughts and emotions, which can enable measurements of the effect of cognitive activities. Okay? Uh, in, in psychology, this is called the behavioral sciences, and this is why we constantly stress that the behavior of the younger generations much different than ours. You can literally see it. We just hope that the younger generations can take this in and understand what is happening to them, which is why we term social media, which is a domain of many of the younger generations, as social engineering media. Outside of the engineering, there's nothing social about it. It was created by this, the intelligence community, slash NATO. They say, if you find this ominous, you are not a member of NATO's bureaucracy. In fairness, the commander does envision a day when peace through censorship will no longer be necessary because one day science will disarm the populist peasants before the authoritarian army can tailor our minds to suit its nefarious purposes. That means, as Brother Malcolm said, you will learn through the use of the technology by way of NATO to suffer peacefully. They go on to say there are other rapid developments in the field of NDIC. One of the most promising projects is the development of embedded synthetic DNA. Embedded synthetic DNA. Now, family, mRNA should have immediately popped up in your mind. Okay? One of the most promising projects is the development of embedded synthetic DNA or S-DNA, synthetic DNA. This can be a useful alternative to silicon semiconductors. Okay, family? Um, that's why the mRNA is a platform to make all of this possible. They ain't got to put no chip in you. That's the silicon semiconductors. They're going to put some nanotechnology, synthetic DNA in your ass. And Julian Assange, that's one of the last things he warned everybody about, the chemtrails with the DNA, I'm sorry, 
with the nanotechnology being dispensed on the population, okay, uh, uh, what, uh, that we call chemtrails. They say, currently, it's possible to store 2.14 by 106 bytes of data on synthetic DNA. This organic material could enable human-machine interfaces and is often seen as the 47th human chromosome. Now, you got 46. 44 are the base pairs. The base pairs actually come out to 22. Those 22 are in direct alignment with the 22 bones in the, uh, uh, your face and skull that are in direct alignment with the 22 books in the book of Revelation that are also in direct, direct alignment with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, okay, that are also in uh, correlation with the 22 major arcana in the tarot, which, again, is the pictorial representation of the book of Revelation, of which there are 22 books. Okay? That last chromosome pair deal with the X. As we enunciated years ago, that last X is the diabolical reason for the series known as the X-Files, because that last uh, set of chromosomes deals with sex, the very thing that they're manipulating today. That's important because the people that they are creating through the manipulation, which in, in part is uh, punitive propaganda-oriented, but has a chemical uh, component to it uh, through the manipulations of plastics and other things that turn estrogen into testosterone and testosterone into estrogen. We call them gender benders. This is not my opinion. Okay? So now they didn't come up with a 47th chromosome that's going to allow for the machine to basically control you. And that's exactly what we said uh, at the beginning uh, of the fake pandemic and the release of the venom. They go on here to say... Normal nanotechnology can be used to bring nano-sized robots close to a neuron via the bloodstream and make it possible to link the human brain directly to a computer, making use of artificial intelligence in the process. But we must keep in mind that this is a two-way street. Such an artificial intelligence 
will in turn be linked to the human brain. I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, around 1993, 1994, somewhere in that time period, we were telling people about the technology before they released the internet and they had uh were already uh conditioning us that in the future with brain uh interface technology you will be able to access the internet with your mind but the internet would also be able to access you i know some of my uh, uh, uh older um, compadres, because I ain't got no followers, okay? Not a one, okay? But I know some of them are sent back saying, yeah, I, I see where all this stuff is now become a reality. Hook me up, Commander. I'm ready to defend the brave new world, unquote. Speaking of resilience in an act of legal positivism, positivism that would make the Western court blush, resilience provides the murky murky rationale upon which NATO justifies its new creepy mission to police free people and infringe on their liberties. Article 3 of the Washington Treaty, which is NATO's founding document, establishes the principle of resilience. Quote, in order more effectively to achieve the objectives of this treaty, parties, separately and jointly, by means of continuous and effective self-help and mutual aid, will maintain and develop their individual and collective capacity to resist armed attack. Unquote. What they just said is, we're going to be the world's gang. So if you attack one of us, you attack all of us. And now, the, NATO has violated their charter. NATO was to deal with the North Atlantic. The region that they're in now totally violates their so-called charter. They have no authority to be recruiting in the Russian hemisphere, gang banging, but that's what gangs do. They recruit, and then they lend their power uh, as a force multiplier to the new member of the gang. They say, while we are still waiting for an instance of an armed attack, the commander is not. Article 3 includes supporting the continuity of government and the provision of essential services, among them resilient civil communications systems. This means that cognitive resilience as an aspect of promoting and enhancing civil preparedness requires that NATO plays a key role but only in support of its member nations' own efforts and not as a standalone actor. Again, they're talking about gangbanging. They say NATO nations differ in their cultural, 
social, technological, and governmental structures. And with that, their susceptibility to cognitive attacks. A tailored approach is to provide the right support to the nation. Once more, the commander insinuates that the freer the people, the more susceptible they are to being authoritarian dupes. Still, at least the commander allows that NATO can only infringe on your rights if your local authoritarians invite them to do so. And they would never, ever do that. COVID lockdown, smut down. In other words, they already did it. And they're basically saying, well, we told you early on that the so-called fake pandemic was just uh-oh, Phil, you got to turn your water off, Phil. Oh, I thought I had my uh, mute on. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, that's right. They say, when pondering the, panor- the paranoid prophecy descriptions of NATO's Nostradamus, one could imagine the commander being institutionalized. In other words, the stuff that this dude is talking about, he need to have his ass locked up in a mental institution. Instead, he will be lionized by his brass faculty bureaucratic peers and the soulless cyberites slepling that uh, the well-groomed grounds at the latest World Economic Forum. In the cognitive warfare concept, NATO has embraced and refashioned the leftist ideology of the woke diverse, diversity, equity, and inclusion cult, both based upon the communist lie of knowing one's thoughts better than the individual. Ironically, everything the commander claims about cognitive warfare can be fairly applied to the woke, diverse, equity, and inclusion cult and this mandatory proselytization within every aspect of American and NATO members' life. As an aside, one cannot help but note how NATO's cognitive warfare concept will be approved in 2024 during the U.S. presidential election. NATO will seek to control the God-given rights of the free world's member nations, citizens, okay? Collective security devolves into collective suppression. Peace through, peace through strength into peace through censorship. And NATO's mission into that old Warsaw Pact, the subjugation of free people. I, too, have a concept, though I admit it requires multitasking, and I cannot claim it's new. How about NATO not placate the elites by censoring and suppressing free people, populist or otherwise? Instead, how about NATO actually protects America and our free world allies 
uh, citizens God-given rights and defeats the axis of authoritarianism confronting us in this new Cold War. But what do I know? I'm a Republican populist peasant who opposes censorship, communists, authoritarians, tyrants, and all enemies of our Constitution, foreign and domestic. Wait a minute. Maybe the Shycoms made me say all that. Now, you get it, family? You understand now? Sister Beth, I, I hope... Uh, uh, I, I hope that was understandable for the family. If not, go and pull it up and reread it in your own time because you need to because between now and tomorrow, it's going to get crystal clear what this article is talking about. Okay? How much time we got left, Sister Beth? Um, <clears throat> we have 47 minutes left. Wow. Oh, this, so this 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 uh, year is really going to be critical because that election, you heard Nancy, they they saying by any means necessary, orange man cannot get into office. That is correct. Which means because every single metric that I'm looking at and their behavior is the best indicator, how they're responding to this guy, but just – that's why I played the pieces earlier, by just out and out lying, saying this man said things that he never said and did things that he never did. So Putin got to have something on him, right? They didn't look at man's draws, looked in his wife's draws. I'm not exaggerating. Right. Okay? And can't find a skid mark. So what do they do? They create Fake crimes, just like the impeachment stuff was fake. They put only people that support their point of view in positions to question them. They hold out so-called whistleblowers and threaten the media that if anybody prints this so-called whistleblower's name, that they ain't said to this day. To this day. And it was all a lie that if you print his name, we're going to try to put you in prison. That's how dangerous these people are. The last time I checked, Orange Man didn't lock up nobody. The last time I checked. But these people, and again, all of this stuff is falling apart. The January 16th, which is why I've been mentioning it, just like Julian Assange, uh, sparingly since it happened, okay? Because I've seen these operations over and over and over and over. But through propaganda and the media control, they've been able to continue to push it even though it has absolutely no foundation for a so-called uh, 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 
coup against the government when, in fact, the coup took place in 2016 with Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, the intelligence community, Joe Biden, etc. These are facts, and they got caught. That ain't my opinion. Okay? And they've been running roughshod over the law, setting up people over and over, uh, bringing in millions and millions and millions of illegals, and then says it's not their fault. It's the dirty, ugly, rotten Republicans that's doing it. And then they sent out one of the most vile pieces of, what they say, POS? Is that? Okay. One of the most vile POSs. See, I got double indemnity for black people that push this crap. And that's what Charlemagne the goddamn, who everybody remembers, uh, Joe Biden telling black people, you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And this asshole basically sitting there going right along with it and not calling that cracker out for what he is. Because that's what Joe Biden is. He's a racist cracker. That's what he always been. That's why. I'm going to call him what he is. That's why that nigga sitting in a black family's house and his people bought them some chicken. How dare you, bastard. Now, I thought he had hamburger. Did he eat some chicken? No, he had the hamburger, but he bought them chicken. Right. That's right. He wouldn't even eat chicken with them. Fair. It wasn't buffet. It was like it came from Popeye's or something. You understand what I'm saying? I saw it. It was in the box. Absolutely. And then uh, this this Negro got his children sitting there catering, and he know damn well that him and his family are being used as props. Okay? Because he didn't appear to be no dumb guy. He's just a jackass, just like a lot of them women I was talking about last week. Okay. Now, I need to get. Uh, where am I going to do that? Uh, let me see this one. Okay, let me go back. Cause y'all ain't gonna believe this one. Wow. Now now my, okay. I was going to say, now my computer wants to play games with me. Ah. Come on, y'all. 
Now, I'm going to give this guy a little bit of credit, okay? And it's only because y'all already know how I feel about this dude. He does good work, but unfortunately for him, uh, that Jewish thing is going to break his back. Because I'm going to say this again. You cannot be doing what we are doing. I'm talking to research and miss it. And he's had too many people come on his program and explain the whole Zionist thing to him. And he still refuses to see it. Now, for some reason, I I know I sent this out. Okay? For some reason, now it's coming up missing. Hmm. Now, if I can just, if I can do this. I hope this is it. I don't think. Ah, just had it. No, let me let me go back. Sorry, family. Wow. And uh the um call in number is three two three six four two one five eight six. And we'll be going to the telephone lines in 38 minutes. So if you have a question or a comment or you want to listen to the last hour of the show, you will be able to hear it on the telephone through that number. And, uh, oh, I got to post your your thing there. What's that, Bill? Yo, go, go find me. I, I didn't know. I got to post this up. And do send a donation to Dr. Robert X. Go find me uh, for his time and his research because uh, we will buy into the propaganda. Not everybody, but a lot of us would if we didn't have the research. So please help Dr. Robert X with his research to continue it. You know what I say, Bear? Mm-hmm. Just go to the club and laugh your ass off. Because <laughs> that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Uh, shows like that are never to be taken seriously. See, you can have fun and learn at the same time. Okay, but what they do is punitive propaganda. That's what they do, and it's it's going to be responsible for a lot of people getting hurt. Right. It already have. If you look at the propaganda, I mean, if you look at the pandemic, look at all the people that left here. 
Yes, and many of those people there, these same people, was running around. I'm talking about uh, Charlemagne the Goddamn and a host of others, was calling people out their name and a host of other things simply because they didn't want to take the venom. Okay? And they don't feel apologetic. Okay? As long as he can maintain, and this is the problem I got with a lot of these YouTube people. You know, years ago, Bear, we labeled them YouTubians. Way before right. they were anybody in any of that. Okay? Because we see through it. It's not difficult to see through it uh, once you open up your mind. Uh, Bear, you got to get into my music. Yes, I yeah, I, I I couldn't get into my computer. That's so right. I I'll get it tomorrow. But I got something here, man. It, for some reason, I never have it. Let me do this. I've never had any problem pulling this up. Now all of a sudden, well, it's a lot going on on the internet. There, I've been sitting here watching programs, and then as soon as the major point is made, my little circle pops up in the middle of the screen, and that part is gone. They're listening. Yeah. Always have been. I hope this is it. I hope I got it now. So we'll 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 get a part of this if this is the one. We'll get part of this today and the other part tomorrow. I, I gotta say, this is the the best interview Tucker Carlson has ever done. Now, who is this interview with? Huh? Who Who is he interviewing? I, I'm gonna tell you here in a minute. Oh. They're gonna tell you. if I pull if okay. I can pull it up. I don't know yet. Okay. Country is actually exceptional is because we have the First Amendment to the Bill of Rights. We have freedom of conscience. We can say what we really think. There's no hate speech exception to that. Just because you hate what somebody else thinks. You cannot force that person to be quiet because we're citizens, not slaves. But that right, that foundational right that makes this country what it is, that right from which all other rights flow, is going away at high speed in the face of censorship. Now, modern censorship bears no resemblance to previous censorship regimes in previous countries and previous eras. Our censorship is affected on the basis of fights against disinformation and malinformation. And the key thing to know about these is they're everywhere. And, of course, they have no reference at all to whether what you're saying is true or not. In other words, you can say something that is factually accurate and consistent with your own conscience. And in previous versions of America, you had an absolute right to say those things. But because someone doesn't like them or because they're inconvenient to whatever plan the people in power have, they can be denounced as disinformation and you could be stripped of your right to express them. 
either in person or online. In fact, expressing these things can become a criminal act and is. And it's important to know, by the way, that this is not just the private sector doing this. These efforts are being directed by the U.S. government, which you pay for and at least theoretically own. It's your government. But they're stripping your rights at very high speed. Most people understand this intuitively, but they don't know how it happens. How does censorship happen? What are the mechanics of it? Mike Benz is, we can say with some confidence, the expert in the world on how this happens. Mike Benz had the cyber portfolio at the State Department. He's now executive director of Foundation for Freedom Online. And we're going to have a conversation with him about a very specific kind of censorship. By the way, we can't recommend strongly enough. If you want to know how this happens, Mike Benz, B-E-N-Z, is the man to read. I want you, family, to keep in mind the articles that I just got through dealing with, with NATO's new mission, Peace Through Censorship. Okay. But today we just want to talk about a specific kind of censorship, and that censorship that emanates from the fabled military-industrial complex, from our defense industry and the foreign policy establishment in Washington. And that's significant now because we're on the cusp of a global war, and so you can expect censorship to increase dramatically. And so with that, here is Mike Benz, Executive Director of Foundation for Freedom Online. So Mike, thanks so much for joining us. And I, and I just can't overstate to our audience how exhaustive and comprehensive your knowledge is on this topic. It's almost, it's almost unbelievable. Um, and so if you could just walk us through how the foreign policy establishment and defense contractors and, and DOD and, and just the whole cluster, the constellation of defense-related, publicly-funded institutions strip from us our freedom of speech. Sure. You know, one of the easiest ways to actually start the story is really with the story of Internet freedom. And it switched from Internet freedom to Internet censorship because free speech on the Internet was an instrument of statecraft almost from the outset of the privatization of the Internet in 1991. Uh, we quickly discovered through the uh, efforts of the Defense Department, the State Department, and our intelligence services that people were using the Internet to congregate on blogs and forums, and free speech was championed more than anybody by the Pentagon, the State Department, and our sort of CIA cutout NGO blob architecture as a way to support dissident groups around the world in order to help them overthrow authoritarian governments as they were sort of billed. Essentially, the internet, internet free speech allowed kind of insta-regime change operations uh, to be able to facilitate the foreign policy establishment's State Department agenda. Google is a great example of this. Google began as a DARPA grant uh, by Larry Page and Sergey Brin when they were Stanford PhDs, and they, they got their funding as part of a joint CIA-NSA program to chart how, quote, birds of a feather flock together online through search engine aggregation. And then one year later, they launched Google and then became a military contractor quickly. Thereafter, they got Google Maps by purchasing a CIA satellite software, essentially. Uh, and the ability to track, to use free speech on the Internet as a way to circumvent state control over media over in places like Central Asia or all around the world was seen as a way to be able to do what used to be done out of CIA station houses or out of embassies or consulates in a way that, that was totally turbocharged. 
And all of the internet free speech technology was initially created by our national security state. VPNs, virtual private networks to hide your, your IP address. Tour, the dark web, to be able to buy and trail, uh, sell goods anonymously. End-to-end -end encrypted chats. All of these things were created initially as DARPA projects or as joint CIA-NSA projects to be able to help intelligence-backed groups to overthrow governments that were causing a problem uh, to the Clinton administration or the Bush administration or the Obama administration. And this plan worked magically from about 1991 until about 2014 uh, when there began to be an about face on internet freedom and its utility. Now the high watermark of the sort of internet free speech moment was the Arab Spring in 2011, 2012 when you had this one by one, all of the adversary governments of the Obama administration Egypt, Tunisia, all began to be toppled in Facebook revolutions and Twitter revolutions. And you had the State Department working very closely with the social media companies to be able to keep social media online during those periods. Now, do you understand how dangerous this stuff is? Because I know some of you, back during that time, it probably went right over your head what was really going on. All of this stuff was being facilitated through social media. It's a famous phone call from Google's Jared Cohen to Twitter to uh, not do their scheduled maintenance so that, uh, dis so that the preferred opposition group in Iran would be able to use Twitter uh, to, uh, to win that election. So it was an free speech was an instrument of statecraft from the national security state to begin with. All of that architecture, all the NGOs, the relationships between the tech companies and the national security state have been long established for freedom. In 2014, after the coup in Ukraine, there was an unexpected counter coup where Crimea and the Donbass broke away. And they broke away with essentially a military backstop that NATO was highly unprepared for at the time. They had one last Hail Mary chance, which was the Crimea annexation vote on, uh, in, in 2014. Uh, and when the hearts and minds of the people of Crimea voted uh, to join the Russian Federation. That was the last straw for the concept of free speech on the internet in the eyes of NATO. As they saw it, the fundamental nature of war changed. And NATO at that point declared something that they first called the Gerasimov Doctrine, which was named after this Russian military uh, general uh, who they claimed made a speech that the fundamental nature of war has changed. You don't need to win military skirmishes to take over Central and Eastern Europe. All you need to do is control the media and the social media ecosystem because that's what controls elections. And if you simply get the right administration into power, they control the military. So it's infinitely cheaper than conducting a military war to simply conduct an organized political uh, influence operation over social media and legacy media. An industry had been created that spanned the Pentagon, the, the British Ministry of Defense, and Brussels into a organized political warfare outfit, essentially infrastructure that was created, initially stationed in Germany and in Central and Eastern Europe to create psychological buffer zones, basically to create the ability to, to have the military work with the social media companies to censor Russian propaganda or to censor domestic right-wing populist groups in Europe who were rising in political power at the time because of the migrant crisis. So you had the systematic targeting by our State Department, by our IC, by the Pentagon, 
of groups like Germany's AFD, the alternative for Deutschland there, and for groups in Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Now, when Brexit happened in 2016, it was, it, that, was, that was this crisis moment where suddenly they didn't have to worry just about Central and Eastern Europe anymore. It was coming westward, this idea of Russian control over hearts and minds. And so that, that was, Brexit was June 2016, the very next month at the, at the Warsaw Conference. NATO formally amended its charter to, to ex expressly commit to hybrid warfare as, their, as this new NATO capacity. So they went from, you know, basically 70 years of, of tanks to this explicit capacity building for, for censoring tweets that they were deemed to be Russian proxies. And again, it's not just Russian propaganda. This was, these were now Brexit groups or groups like Matteo Salvini in, in Italy uh, or in Greece or in Germany or in, in Spain with the Vox Party. And now at the time, NATO was publishing white papers saying that the biggest threat NATO faces is not actually a military invasion from Russia. It's losing domestic elections across Europe in, to all these right-wing populist groups who, because they were mostly working-class movements, were campaigning on cheap Russian energy at a time when the U.S. was pressuring this energy diversification policy. And so they made the argument, after Brexit, now the entire rules-based international order would collapse unless the military took control over media. Because Brexit would give rise to Frexit in France with Marine Le Pen, to Spexit in Spain with the Vox Party, to Italexit in, in, in Italy, to Grexit in Germany, to Grexit in Greece. The EU would come apart, so NATO would be killed without a single bullet being, uh, being fired. And then not only that, now that NATO is gone, now there's no enforcement arm for the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, or the World Bank. So now the financial stakeholders who depend on the battering ram of the national security state would basically be helpless against governments around the world. So from their perspective, if the military did not begin to censor the Internet, every, all of the democratic institutions and infrastructure that gave rise to the modern world after World War II would collapse. So you wait, can imagine wait, the wait, may I ask you to pause later, Donald right, Trump won the 2016 election. So you, you, well, you just told a remarkable story that I've never heard anybody explain as lucidly and crisply as you just did. But did anyone at NATO or anyone at the State Department pause for a moment and say, wait a second, we've just identified our new enemy as democracy within our own countries? I think that's what you're saying. They, they feared that the people, the citizens of their own countries would get their way, and they went to war against that. Yes. Now, you know, there's a rich history of this dating back to the Cold War. You know, the Cold War in Europe was essentially a, a, similar, a similar struggle for hearts and minds of people, especially in Central and Eastern Europe, yeah. uh, you know, in these sort of you know, Soviet buffer zones. And you know, st starting in 1948, the national security state was really established then. You, know, you had the 1947 Act, which established the Central Intelligence Agency, you had uh, you know, this, this new world order that had been created with all these international institutions, and you had the 1948 UN Declaration on Human Rights, which forbid the territorial acquisition by military force. So you can no longer run a traditional military occupation government in the way that, that we could in 1898, for example, when we took the Philippines. Everything had to be done through a sort of political legitimization process whereby there's some ratification from the hearts and minds of people within the, the country. Now, often that involves simply puppet, puppet politicians who are groomed as emerging leaders by our State Department. But the battle for hearts and minds had been something that we had been 
giving ourselves a long moral license leash, if you will. Uh, since 1948, one of the godfathers of the CIA, George Kennan, at, uh, 12 days after we rigged the Italian election in 1948 by stuffing ballot boxes and working with the mob, we pub published a memo called The Inauguration of Organized Political Warfare, where he said, listen, uh, it's a mean old world out there. We at the CIA just rigged the Italian election. We had to do it because if, if the communists won, maybe there'd never be another election in Italy again. So, uh, but it's really effective, guys. Uh, we need a department of dirty tricks to be able to do this around the world. And it's essentially a new social contract we're, we're constructing with the American people because this is not the way we've conducted diplomacy before. But we are now forbidden from using the War Department. In 1948, they also renamed the War Department to the Defense Department. So again, as part of this, this diplomatic onslaught for political control rather than it looking like it's overt military control. But essentially what ended up happening there is we created this foreign domestic firewall, we said, that we have a department of dirty tricks to be able to rig elections, to be able to control media, to be able to meddle in the internal affairs of every other plot of dirt in the country. But this, this sort of sacred dirt on which the American homeland sits, will uh, they are not allowed to operate there. The State Department, the Defense Department, and the CIA are all expressly forbidden from operating on U.S. soil. Of course, this is so far from the case, it's not even funny, but, uh, but that's because of a number of laundering tricks that they've developed over 70 years of doing this. But essentially, there's, there was no moral quandary at first with respect to the creation of the censorship industry when it started out in Germany and in, and in Lithuania and Latvia and Estonia and in Sweden and Finland. Uh, there began to be a more diplomatic debate about it after Brexit, and then uh, it, was, it became full throttle when Trump was elected. And what little resistance there was was washed over by the rise and saturation of Russiagate, which basically allowed them to not have to deal with the moral ambiguities of censoring your own people because if Trump was a Russian asset, you no longer really had a traditional free speech issue. It was a national security issue. It was only after Russiagate died in, uh, in July 2019 when Robert Mueller basically choked on the stand for three hours and revealed he had absolutely nothing after two and a half years of investigation that the foreign to domestic switcheroo took place where they took all of this censorship architecture spanning DHS, the FBI, the CIA, the DOD, the DOJ, and then the thousands of government-funded NGO and private sector mercenary firms were all basically transited from a foreign focus, from a foreign predicate, a Russian disinformation predicate, to a democracy predicate by saying that disinformation is not just a threat when it comes from the Russians, it's actually an intrinsic threat to democracy itself. And so by that, they were able to launder the entire democracy promotion regime change toolkit uh, just in time for the 2020 election. It, 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 I mean, it's, it's almost beyond belief that this has happened. I mean, my own father worked for the U.S. government in this business, in the information war against the Soviet Union, and, you know, was a big part of that. And the idea that any of those tools would be turned against American citizens by the U.S. government was, I, I think, I want to think, was absolutely unthinkable in, say, 1988. And you're saying that it's there really hasn't been anyone who's raised objections, and it's just it's absolutely turned inward to manipulate and rig our own elections as we would in, say, Latvia? Yeah. Well, as soon as the democracy predicate was established, you had this professional class of professional regime change artists and operatives. 
That is, the same people who argued that, you know, we need to bring democracy to Yugoslavia to get, and that's the predicate for getting rid of, you know, Milosevic or any, any other country around the world where we basically overthrow governments in order to preserve democracy. Well, if, if the democracy threat is homegrown now, then that becomes, uh, you know, then, then suddenly these people all have new jobs moving on the, on the U.S. side. And I can go through a million examples of that. But one, one thing on, on what you just mentioned, which is that, you know, from their perspective, they, they just weren't ready for the Internet. 2016 was really the first time that social media had reached such maturity that it began to eclipse legacy media. I mean, this was a long time coming. I think folks saw this building from 2006 through 2016. You know, uh, Internet 1.0 didn't even have social media. From 1991 to 2004, there was no social media at all. 2004, Facebook came out. 2005, Twitter. 2006, YouTube. 2007, the smartphone. And so, uh, and in that initial period of social media, nobody was getting subscriberships at the level where they actually competed with legacy news media. But over the course of being, you know, so initially even these dissident voices within the U.S., uh, even though they, they may have been loud uh, in moments, they, they never reached 30 million followers. They never reached, you know, um, a, a billion impressions a year type thing as a uncensored, mature ecosystem allowed citizen journalists and independent voices to be able to outcompete legacy news media, this induced a massive crisis both in our military and in our State Department and intelligence services. I get a great example of this. In 2019, at a meeting of the German Marshall Fund, which is you know, an institution that goes back to the U.S. Uh, basically um, I don't want to say bribe, but the, essentially the soft power, economic soft power projection in Europe as part of the reconstruction of European governments after World War II to be able to essentially pay them uh, with Marshall Fund dollars. And then in return, they basically were under our thumb in terms of how they reconstructed. Uh, but the, the German Marshall Fund held a meeting in 2019. They held a million of these, frankly. But where, they, where a four-star general... Uh, got up on the panel and and said that uh, that the what happens he posed the question what happens to the to the U.S. military what happens to the national security state when the New York Times is reduced to a medium-sized Facebook page and he posed this thought experiment as an example of of we've had these gatekeepers we've had these bumper cars on democracy in the form of a of a century-old relationship with legacy media institutions. I mean, our, our mainstream media is not in any shape or form, even from its outset, independent from the national security state, from the State Department, from the War Department. Uh, you know, you have the, the initial, uh, all of the initial uh, broadcast news companies, NBC, ABC, and, and CBS, were all created by Office of War Information veterans from the, from the War Department's effort in World War II. You had, the, you had these Operation Mockingbird relationships from the 1950s to the 1970s. Those continued it through the, the use of the National Endowment for Democracy and the privatization of intelligence capacities in the 1980s under Reagan. Uh, there's all sorts of CIA re reading room memos you can read even on CIA.gov about those continued media relations throughout the 1990s. And so you always had this backdoor relationship between the Washington Post, the New York Times, 
and all of the major broadcast media corporations. By the way, you know, Rupert Murdoch and, and Fox are part of this as well. You know, Rupert Murdoch was actually part of the National Endowment for Democracy Coalition in 1983 when it was formed as a way to, to do CIA operations in an above-board way after the Democrats were so ticked off at the CIA for manipulating student movements in the 1970s. But essentially, there was no CIA intermediary to random citizen journalist accounts. There was no Pentagon backstop. You couldn't get a story killed. You couldn't have this favors for favors relationship. You couldn't promise access to some random person with 700,000 followers who's got an opinion on Syrian gas. And so this induced, and this was not a problem for the initial period of social media from 2006 to 2014 because there were never dissident groups that were big enough to be able to have a, a mature enough ecosystem on their own. And all of the victories on social media had gone uh, in the way of the, where the money was, which was from the State Department and the Defense Department and the Intelligence Services. But then as that maturity happened, you now had this, this situation after the 2016 election where they said, okay, now the entire international order might come undone. It's, it's 70 years of unified foreign policy from Truman until Trump are now about to be broken. And we need a the same analog control systems we had to be able to put bumper cars on bad stories or bad political movements through legacy media relationships and contacts, we now need to establish and consolidate within the social media companies. And the initial predicate for that was Russiagate, but then after Russiagate died and they used a simple democracy promotion predicate, then it gave rise to this multi-billion dollar censorship industry that joins together the military industrial complex, the government, the private sector, the civil society organizations, and then this vast cobweb of media allies and, and professional fact checker groups that, that serve as this sort of sentinel class that surveys everywhere on the internet. So can you give us, a, and thank you again for this almost unbelievable explanation of why this is happening. Can you give us an example of how it happens? How, just, and just pick one among, I know countless examples, of how the national security state lies to the population, censors the truth um, in real life. Yeah, so you know, we have this State Department outfit called the Global Engagement Center, which was created by a guy named Rick Stengel, who described himself as Obama's propagandist-in-chief. He was the Undersecretary for Public Affairs, which is essentially the which is the liaison office role between the State Department and the mainstream media. So this is basically the exact nexus where government talking points about war or about diplomacy or statecraft get synchronized with mainstream media. And so may, may, may I add something and to that? As someone, I, I know Rick Stengel, he was at one point a journalist, um, and Rick Stengel has made public arguments against the First Amendment and against free speech. And oh, yeah, he wrote a whole book on it. Yeah. He's an Old Testament Zionist. That's what he is published an op-ed in 2019, he wrote a whole book on it, and he, you know, he made the argument that, that we just you know, went, went over here, that essentially uh, the, for the, the Constitution was not prepared for the Internet, and uh, we need to get rid of the First Amendment uh, accordingly. And you know, he described himself as a free speech absolutist when he was the managing editor of Time magazine, and even when he was in the State Department under Obama, uh, he, he started something called the Global Engagement Center, which was the first government censorship 
uh, operation within the federal government, but it was foreign-facing, so it was okay. Now, at the time, they used the, uh, the homegrown ISIS predicate threat for this. And so it was very hard to argue against the idea of the State Department uh, having this formal coordination partnership with every major tech platform uh, in, in the U.S. Unless you understood that ISIS was created by the U.S. intelligence community in conjunction with Israel, and it was a fake organization, that's why so-called ISIS fighters would go to Israel, Israeli hospitals to be treated. How is that? Let's keep going. Because the, you know, at the time there were these ISIS attacks that were, and we were told that ISIS was recruiting on Twitter and Facebook. And so the Global Engagement Center was, a, was established essentially to be a State Department um, entanglement with the social media companies to basically put bumper cars on their ability to, uh, to platform accounts and to and, and one of the things they did is they created a new technology, which is, uh, is it's called natural language processing. It is a artificial intelligence, machine learning uh, ability to create meaning out of words in order to map everything that everyone says on the internet and create this vast topography topography of how communities are organized online, who the major influences are, what they're talking about, what narratives are emerging or trending, and to be able to create this sort of network graph uh, in order to know who to target and, and, uh, and how information moves through an ecosystem. And so they began plotting the language, you know, the prefixes, the suffixes, the popular terms, the slogans that ISIS uh, folks were talking about on Twitter. When, when Trump won the election in 2016, um, uh, Everyone who worked at the State Department uh, was expecting these promotions to the White House National Security Council under Hillary Clinton, who I should remind uh, viewers, you know, was also Secretary of State under Obama, actually ran the State Department. But these folks were all expecting promotions on November 18th, November 8th, 2016, and were unceremoniously uh, put out of jobs by a guy who was a 20 to 1 underdog, according to the New York Times, the day of the election. And when, when that happened, these State Department folks took their special set of skills coercing governments uh, to, to, uh, for sanctions. And the State Department led the, uh, the effort to sanction Russia over the Crimea annexation in 2014. These State Department diplomats did an international roadshow to pressure European governments to pass censorship laws to censor the right-wing populist groups in Europe and as a boomerang impact to censor populist groups who were affiliated in the U.S. So you had folks, um, you had you had folks who went from the State Department directly, for example, to the Atlantic Council, which was which was this major facilitator uh, between the government uh, between government to government censorship. The Atlantic Council is a group that was one of Biden's biggest political backers. They they uh, they build themselves as NATO's think tank. That, that's the Nazis family, and of course you know that we have undressed the Atlantic Council and their magazine called The Atlantic. Unless you have a bird that you can use that uh, information that comes from the Atlantic magazine uh, in your bird cage or wipe your butt with it, it is of no usefulness, period. You should read about it in alternative media. Don't read it. I shouldn't say that, but... I am, because I know what it is. 
So they represent the political census of NATO. And in many respects, when, when NATO has uh, civil society actions that they want to be coordinated to, to synchronize with military action in a region, the Atlantic Council essentially is deployed to consensus build and make that political action happen within a region of interest to NATO. Now, the Atlantic Council has seven CIA directors on its board. A lot of people don't even know that seven CIA directors are still alive, let alone all concentrated on, on the board of a single organization that's kind of a heavyweight in the censorship industry. They get let, me, let me replay that so you can understand what I'm talking about here, family. That last little piece is extremely important. Again, we dissected the board of the Atlantic Council and told you who was on it ex-military Pentagon generals and all of these people, okay? Department directly, for example, to the Atlantic Council, which was, which was this major facilitator uh, between the government, uh, between government to government censorship. The Atlantic Council is a group that was one of Biden's biggest political backers. They, they, uh, they build themselves as NATO's think tank. So they represent the political census of NATO, and in many respects, when, when NATO has uh, civil society actions that they want to be coordinated to, to synchronize with military action in a region, the Atlantic Council essentially is deployed to consensus build and make that political action happen within a region of interest to NATO. Propaganda. Now, the Atlantic Council has seven CIA directors on its board. A lot of people don't even know that seven CIA directors are still alive let alone all concentrated on, on the board of a single organization that's kind of the heavyweight in the censorship industry. They get annual funding from the Department of Defense, the State Department, and CIA cutouts like the National Endowment for Democracy. The Atlantic Council in January 2017 moved immediately to pressure European governments to pass censorship laws to create a transatlantic flank attack on free speech in exactly the way that Rick Stengel essentially called for to have the U.S. mimic European censorship laws. One of the ways they did this was by getting Germany to pass something called NetzDG in August 2017, which was, which, was, which was essentially kicked off the era of, uh, of automated censorship in the U.S. What NetzDG required was unless, unless social media platforms wanted to pay a $54 million fine for each instance of speech, each post left up on their platform for more than 48 hours that had been identified as hate speech, um, they, would, they would be fine basically into bankruptcy when you aggregate 54 million over tens of thousands of posts per day. And the, the safe haven around that was if they deployed artificial intelligence-based censorship technologies, which had been again created by DARPA to take on ISIS, to be able to scan and ban speech automatically. And this was, a, this gave, you know, I call these weapons of mass deletion. These are essentially the ability to censor tens of millions of posts with just a few lines of code. And the way this is done is by aggregating, basically the, the field of censorship science fuses together two disparate groups of study, if you will. There's the sort of political and social scientists who are the sort of thought leaders of what should be censored. And then there are the sort of quants, if you will. These are the programmers, the computational data scientists, computational linguistics. Every university, there's over 60 universities now who get federal government grants to do this censorship, uh, the censorship work and the censorship preparation work, where what they do is they create these code books of the language that people use, the same way they did for ISIS. They did this, for example, with COVID. They created these, these COVID lexicons of what dissident groups were saying about mandates, about masks, about vaccines, 
about high-profile individuals like Tony Fauci or, um, or uh, Peter Daszak or any of these others protected VIP individuals whose reputations had to be protected online. And they created these code books. They broke things down into narratives. The Atlanta Council, for example, was a part of this, this government-funded consortium, something called the Virality Project, which, which mapped 66 different narratives that dissidents were talking about around COVID, everything from COVID origins to vaccine efficacy. And then they broke the, down these 66 claims into all the different factual subclaims. And then they plugged these into these essentially machine learning models to be able to have a constant world heat map of what everybody was saying about COVID. And whenever something started to trend that was bad for what the Pentagon wanted or was bad for what Tony Fauci wanted, they were able to take down tens of millions of posts. They did this in the 2020 election with mail-in ballots. It was the wait, same. Wait, 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 may, may I ask you, wait, I'm sorry, I just got to have, there's, there's so much here and it's so shocking. So you're saying the Pentagon, our Pentagon, the U.S. Department of Defense, censored Americans during the 2020 election cycle? Yes, they did this. They, oh, they did this through the, so, so there's, the two most censored events in human history, I would argue to date, are the 2020 election and the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'll, I'll explain you know, how I arrived there. So the, the, the 2020 election was determined by mail-in ballots. And I, I'm not weighing into the substance of whether mail-in ballots were or were not a legitimate or safe and reliable form of, of, of voting. That's a completely independent topic from my perspective than the censorship issue one. But the censorship of, of mail-in ballots is, is, is really one of the most extraordinary stories in our American history, I would argue. What happened was is you had this plot within the Department of Homeland Security. Now, this gets back to what we were talking about with the State Department's Global Engagement Center. You had this group within the Atlanta Council and the Foreign Policy Establishment, which began arguing in 2017 for the need for a permanent domestic censorship government office to serve as a quarterback for what they called a whole of society counter misinformation, counter disinformation alliance. And that just means censorship, the counter misdisinfo. But the whole of, their whole society model explicitly proposed that, that we need every single asset within society to be mobilized in a whole of society effort to stop misinformation online. It was that much of an existential threat to democracy. And so, it, it, but they just, they, fixated in 2017 that it had to be centered within the government because only the government would have the clout and the coercive threat powers and the, and the perceived authority to be able to tell the social media companies what to do, to be able to summon an NG, a government-funded NGO swarm to create that media surround sound, to be able to arm a, a, in, you know, an astroturf army of, of fact-checkers, and to be able to liaise and connect all these different censorship industry actors into a cohesive unified whole. And the Atlantic Council initially proposed with this blueprint called forward defense, not offense, it's forward defense. They initially proposed that running this out of the State Department's Global Engagement Center because they had so many assets there who were so effective at censorship under Rick Stengel's feed and under the Obama administration. But they said, oh, we, we're not gonna be able to get away with that because we don't really have a national security predicate and it's supposed to be foreign facing. We can't really use that hook unless we have a sort of national security one. Then they contemplated parking at the CIA. And they said, well, there actually, there's two reasons we can't do that. The CIA is foreign-facing. We can't really establish a counterintelligence threat to bring it home domestically. Also, we're going to need essentially tens of thousands of people involved in this operation, 
expanding this whole society model, you can't really run a clandestine operation that way. So they said, okay, well, what about the FBI? They said, well, the FBI would be great. It's domestic. But the problem is, is the FBI is supposed to be the intelligence arm of the Justice Department. And we, and what we're dealing with here are not acts of lawbreaking. It's basically support for Trump or if, you know, if, if, if left-wing populists had risen to power like Bernie Sanders or Jeremy Corbyn, I have no doubt they would have done, in, in the UK, they would have done the same thing to him there. They targeted Jerry, Jeremy Corbyn and other left-wing populist NATO skeptical groups in Europe. But in the U.S., it was, it was all Trump. And so essentially what they said is, well, the only other domestic intelligence equity we have in the U.S. besides the FBI is the DHS. So we are going to essentially take the CIA's power to rig and bribe foreign media organizations, which is a power they've had since the day they were born in 1947, and we're going to combine that with the power, with the domestic jurisdiction of the FBI by, by putting it at DHS. So DHS was basically deputized, it was empowered through this obscure little cybersecurity uh, agency to have the combined powers that the CIA has abroad with the jurisdiction of the FBI at home. And the way they did this, how did a cyber, an obscure little cybersecurity uh, agency get this power, was they, they did a, a funny little series of switcheroos. So this little thing called CISA, they didn't call it the Disinformation Governance Board, they didn't call it the Censorship Agency, they gave it an obscure little name that no one would notice called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. So its founder said, we just, security, we care about security so much it's in our name twice. Everybody sort of closed their eyes and, and pretended, you know, that's what it was. But it was created by Act of Congress in 2018 because of the perceived threat that Russia had hacked the 2016 election, had physically hacked it. And so we had need, we needed the cybersecurity power uh, to be able to, to be able to deal with that. And essentially on the heels of a CIA memo on January 6, 2017, and a same-day DHS executive order on January 6, 2017, arguing that Russia had interfered in the 2016 election, and a DHS mandate saying that elections are now critical infrastructure, you had this new power within DHS to say that cybersecurity attacks on elections are now our purview. And then they did two cute things. One, they, they said, they said mis, dis, and malinformation online form of cyber security attack. They are a cyber attack because they are happening online. And they said, well, actually, Russian disinformation is, we're, we're actually protecting democracy in elections. We don't need a Russian predicate after Russia did died. So just like that, you had this cyber security agency be able to legally make the argument that your tweets about mail-in ballots, if you undermine public faith and confidence in them as a legitimate form of voting, was now, you are now conducting a cyber attack on U.S. critical infrastructure by, by articulating misinformation on Twitter. So now you can be classified as a cyber terrorist for disagreeing, even if you don't disagree with the government. If you merely have an alternative point of view, the algorithms have already stated that you are a domestic terrorist by definition, okay? That's the censorship. That's the attack on free speech, all led by NATO. And what is NATO? It is the remnants of the Nazi movement. So that's why free speech, Take speech. Uh, you're in my space. You can see this, this 
punitive propaganda being unleashed throughout the educational system where the young people have been now inundated with the propaganda and they parrot what they hear. They parrot what they hear. Understand, if they've been inculcated with the nanotechnology and you know one of the primary focuses of making sure people took the venom was on the colleges and university campuses for the young people, okay? So now uh, their minds already being fresh clay. They're able to be manipulated to the maximum without ever having any idea of what the hell is going on. And this is where you see and why you see uh, the whole behavior modification process uh, being played out. Stop right there, Bear, because I, I went a little bit over uh, 11.30 here my time. So we'll stop here and we'll pick this up tomorrow because it gets even better. And with the documentation that we've got on other things, maybe then you can understand why all of a sudden there appears to be a rise in mass shooting by trannies. We're only scratching the surface here. Make sure you're here on time tomorrow, family, because we're going to open up with the other part of this technological move that's being made with the mRNA vaccines, which is why they're trying to criminalize throughout Europe anybody that's anti-mRNA. They want to make that a criminal offense because they want to put it and are putting it in a variety of different things, okay? With that, Sister Bear, we'll stop right here and let the family get in, and we'll pick up tomorrow where we left off. All righty. Thank you for that. Okay, I'm going to the telephone line. Uh, so you can, the ones that's on the line, if you have a question or comment, push number one, raise your hand. Let's go to 404-453. Oh, you who do them, number one, number one, with a bullet first response. <laughs> yes. What's up, brother? Hello. Hey, man, I'm telling y'all, it's a movie y'all should look at. If y'all got the, the movie channel, man, the regular free movie, oh, when they say old movie, they show a movie called Sale in 2016. Y'all familiar with that movie? What's the name of it? C-E-L-L. Oh, yeah, with Samuel Jackson oh, yeah. and this yeah, other little, little CIA yeah. operative white boy. Yeah, well, he just, everybody had the phone. They turned that frequency on, and everybody went through. They started spitting and uh, going crazy. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm. A, anyway, it's wild, man. But uh, you know, this stuff is crazy, man, what's going on, man. And y'all keep talking. You said something about that dude in Russia. What his name? Navalny? Hell no. His name, that, I don't like to say spell, but I don't, the letters of his name is N-A-V-A-L-N-Y. That's the name right. of New York, 
man. That motherfucker naval intelligence, man. Of course he, he tell is. You who well, he already been busted out, Brother West. He worked for MI6 and the CIA. Well, this name tell you who it is. See, y'all, they get y'all, 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 y'all don't, they put it right in our face, man. His name yep. is Naval New York, man. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Brother West. This shit funny as hell, man. See, I got it. I'm like, ow, oh, man. Y'all be looking at 180 degrees. I look at 360, man. My neck spill all the way to out, man. Okay. I'm looking, I'm looking at in 360. And uh, I'm going to throw another name out for you. Uh, what a name? Linda Thomas Greenfield. You know who that is? No. Come on, man. Come on, bro. No, I you don't. Uh, six months ago, the sister that black as midnight twelve thirty that worked for the UN. You were talking about the UN, nigga. UN. I don't know who that is, by the way. I just told you who she is, man. She's a United States ambassador to the UN, nigga. UN. Linda Thomas, Brent Greenfield, man. The sister. I, I had no clue. I see y'all looking too much globalist, man. You got to learn how to look within, man. You got two sets of Jews running this shit, man. You got J Street and K Street. That's what I was trying to tell Tutmos, man. Y'all looking too much at globalists, man. I look at the inside. The Rockefellers running this shit over here, man. Rockefeller run Trump, man. Okay. I, I hate, hate y'all don't want to see it, man. Okay. But it's all good, man. I'm just like you. I'm tired of all these old crackers, man. I'm tired of all of them. Anyway, I want to ask you and Sister Bell something, man. I've been on this planet 66 years, and y'all let me know if you ever seen a cracker always admit guilt or they did something, man. Drew, why you people don't never admit nothing y'all do, man? Not none, man. I don't give a fuck who they are. They never admit nothing they do, man. Now, if, you, if y'all have seen one of them do that, let me know. That goes for you, Sister Bell, you, Robot X, and the family. I ain't never seen one of them admit guilt to shit. So that's why I learned from Judge Joe Brown. I, I wish I'd known this 20, 30 years ago in my young uh, lifetime, not to admit guilt to this shit, man, whatever I do. I admit something to the black people, to y'all black women and black men, I admit to y'all, but as far as in the real world, I'm not admitting shit. Even Joe Brown said that. Don't admit guilt to this shit, man. Don't especially no white folks class. Do like they do. Oh, no, oh, uh, let me say something about uh, I know y'all miserable with Fanny, but see, most people that I hear the real brothers in Atlanta, see, I look at what people don't do, man, what they don't say. I know it's hard to prove a negative, but uh, Miss Fanny never prosecute a police for killing a black man. All right? That's my gripe with her. I don't give a damn what she do with Trump or who she sleep with. She never, she, she get paid by the paternal order of police, man. Two cases. I give y'all that. Richard Brooks, remember that case of the boy that was at the witness? The white yeah. police killed him. He did not prosecute the police. And another case that happened in August, a 62-year-old black man, Deacon Jones, Deacon Holman, whatever. He got he had a little friend in and the black police stopped him, and, and, and bro wasn't going to sign the ticket at first. Next thing you know, they killed the police. Edmund tow truck driver killed that uh, uh, brother. And Fanny would not get off of Fanny and prosecute no police, man. So why do you think that is, Wes? 
Because she she getting paid by the uh, FOP. Right. Uh, no, I think it's I think it's much deeper than that. Well, probably Soros or whatever, but she would not Bingo. prosecute no police for killing nobody black, man. It's bingo. Huh? I said bingo. You hit it on the head. Yes, sir. That's my case. Well, that's my case against Fanny. All right. I don't give a damn what she's going to do with Trump or who she laid up with. The problem is she ain't for us, man. She getting her fanny whooped now for it. She paying for all everybody, that now. Everybody on the whole planet, me, you, Lottie, Dottie, and everybody, man. Like you said, what you said, Robot X, you're going to get what you pay and you're going to pay for all of us, man. That's right. Uh, I don't give a damn who you are, Drew. Your white ass don't pay for what the fuck you doing, all right? Y'all ain't getting, nobody getting away out of this shit. Because uh, uh, I'm going to tell y'all, since 2020, the shit we used to do ain't none of that shit working, all right? So we all in the day of judgment. So whatever we do, you did wrong, whatever, the universe busts you upside the head. Right? That's the one thing I do not want no ass whooping from God. <laughs> <laughs> My mama was bad enough when I was little. Go ahead. <laughs> you want to ask for a job? Yes, sir. You just want to be alive, man. Going through. We all going through this test, man. Everybody got a goddamn ailment, man. Okay? Everybody I to talk to, something wrong with them, man. All of yep. You're absolutely right. Huh? I said you're absolutely right again. Yes, sir, bro. Because this shit I'm going through right now, I be goddamn, bro. Uh, it's all good though. I'm, I'm I'm getting to the bottom of it already. The creator told me what to do. I'm gonna be a crash test dummy for all y'all that got this. Because I'm going to Doctor Frankenstein and be a crash test dummy for everybody. That's my that's my job. So by the month or two, I'm gonna show y'all what, what, what the creator told us to do, and I'm gonna be doing that for everybody. So that's yeah, already. So already, man. Huh? Can't you see somebody other than Doctor Frankenstein? <laughs> that's a statement, man. I done tried it. I done tried all the roots and uh, uh, everybody I know, Crenshaw, that Shaw, everybody Shaw. I told you the shit we used to do ain't working. Not for me. I, I don't know about nobody else. So I got to try some new shit, bro. You ain't alone, brother West. They got some stuff floating around here now, brother. That's resistant to damn near anything. Yes, sir. And, and maybe, well, great. maybe you need to, maybe you need huh? to uh, contact that lady we had on the show uh, Sunday. That's in Africa. She she going into the jungle pulling the stuff out. Right. I hear. Would you send me a, a, a contact information? And what you said last week, man, about the yes, eight, about that. Man, I'm an eight. My my number is a lifetime eight, man. This shit's crazy. All the stuff that you were saying about that, you were talking about me. I was like, God damn, this nigga's playing to me. I'm like, editing. I know how to do numbers, man. And everybody's got numbers with your month and and and, and your date. You add them two numbers together, they'll tell you what's your regular number every day. But yeah. your life number, this, this shit crazy, man. So the numbers saying work, man. So man, man, it is right. Numbers, people lie, but numbers don't, man. That's why a lot of people don't get along because their numbers don't match up, man. 
And, it, and numbers have been used by man since man been on the planet. Yes, sir, man. And it's fun, man, to be learning shit every day, man. That's why I, I like to hear new shit. So I, and the stuff you say they're doing, they're already doing all this shit with the red energy weapons, man. Uh, like I said, you got them globalist Jews and you got them populist Jews and Rockefellers, man. Yeah, I, I just call them nationalists versus internationalists. Yeah, and I'm looking at all of them, from Rockefeller to the Ross, because Rockefeller's real name is Werner, man. I just investigated. Their real name is Worms. Yeah. <laughs> These motherfuckers yeah. change their name, man, to protect the guilty. Of course. And uh, mm. I'm going to tell all you black people, man, that, babe, you see that case where uh, in Oxford, uh, uh, well, well, that, well, that lady and that man bought that boy that gun. He shot up the school, right? Mm. No, not really. But that's the reason. Come on, sister. Bill. That's right. Your next book. I don't you better look at. Stop looking at the book. Well, anyway, <laughs> that lady was not charged. What you tell me? Where? Did huh? you just huh? better stop looking at the book? <laughs> yeah, you better stop looking. Looking at the witness, see what's happening. That's what I just. Because this stuff happened right outside her door. She ain't. I don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. You ain't gonna see. Y'all gonna get some of them keys, man. He's funny as hell, man. With them keys, man. With them shoes. And one thing, I look at what people don't say. That speech he gave was magnificent. But he, I look at what he didn't say. You know what he didn't say, Robot X and Bill? He didn't say nothing what? about them damn lying the Jews, man. Who? Okay. I, look, I look at what people don't say. That's why I bust who out funny Who are you talking about? Farrakhan. No, Donald, Donald J. Trump, man. He didn't say nothing about no damn Jews. Man. He talked about a lot of Donald and everybody. <laughs> Oh, he ain't gonna say that. Was no, he ain't gonna talk. We told you he got with him. He got them nationalists with him. Yes, sir. Because I looked at uh, when he was in the court case, sitting at the table. Did you see that one of them there sitting there with that pancake on his hand right next to him? Huh? Uh. Uh-uh. Well, one sitting right next to him at the table with a pan with that pancake, that Yamaha on his head, that that damn Kawasaki bicycle, that Yamaha had a Yamaha on his head. I ain't watched none of that stuff, Brother West. Me neither. I gotta go back and look. I just look at the flips real fast, man. Cause I told you how I do, man. I I, I see stuff, man. I can't help it. I, I got these magic glasses on. I can't take them damn things off to save my life, man. Damn. It's like they live, huh? I be trying to take these magic glasses off and try not to unsee what I see. Well, hell, I can't do it, man. Okay. You all need to. That's good. So you can see. <laughs> but what I was getting to the bill in the family is since they're prosecuting that lady, that crummy lady, that 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 boy shot up that school. So mm-hmm. they use her a test case because they're, they're gonna prosecute her husband, the boy daddy next month. So all you oh, black I know. Who, okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about now, right? Okay, yeah, from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. They ain't doing it for a reason. They're doing that to their own folks. All these black trip, uh, women with these badass boys shooting up shit, they're going to start charging y'all, man. Of course they are. 
Like that lady that that boy took that gun, that six year old boy gun to school and shot up. That lady got got locked up for that, man. That's right. Most certainly did. So that just you look at see you got they tell you everything telegraph, man. You know how to you got to know how to see shit. So y'all got them bad ass tunes, the baby kids and shit doing shit. They finna start charging y'all. So be up to you, you grandchildren. Yeah. You can't tell them. They believe that their children could come home with stacks of money in their pocket. 11 years old. They got yeah. stacks of money in their pocket. Three, four pistols, right? 11 mm-hmm. years old? Yeah. And they ain't going to say nothing. Yeah. Because they paying their bills and stuff. Yeah, well, you yeah. better. You need to get to but, some other mm-hmm. means bills. And stop using mm-hmm. your bank. Your children. Use your bank with your children, not vice versa. Yeah, yeah, because you know they credit half of them credit go bad, so they put their uh, utilities in their children name and dumb shit like that, and fuck the damn children credit score up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we but got people. other people on the line. Go okay. ahead. Uh, I, I'll get y'all next episode, but y'all answer that question. Jew, I mean, what a name. I, I mean, with the real name, Drew. I call it Jew. Why your people don't never damn admit they done some shit wrong, but y'all gonna, they going to have to pay. They ain't getting away with this shit no more. No. Right. Leave to the rest of the family. To be continued. Catch y'all next episode. Excellent okay, thanks. Good thank love. Thank and good health, man. Yeah. And by the way, Start going inside. Do your meditation a little bit more often and focus on that area where you're having the problem. Yeah, that's how you do it. Okay, Tuck Most. Tuck Most? Yes. You're not snoring tonight. West didn't put you to sleep tonight. The snoring? No, you know, man, I was was probably knocked out. I was in on. You know, I had these pain meds for my back because I couldn't walk. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that man, the medicine, man, knocked my ass out. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah man. Do that. You were calling yep, home. Yep. Hmm? You were calling home. Well, man, I came home from work, man. I could hardly walk. I took one of them pills. I ate. And, man, that hit mm. me with some type of ice I ain't never had, man. You know what I'm saying? But um, I finished those pills. I, I wish I had some more. What's going on with y'all, man? Man, just trying to survive this insanity, my brother. Yeah, man. That was a great interview you played. He was laying out a lot. And it goes he, back to the Cambridge Analytica, how that they were interacting with people. Huh? I said I was just that was uppermost on my mind. I was going to mention that tomorrow. Cambridge Analytica. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they were interacting with people, feeding them misinformation. And this one, they just took you off, off altogether. They, you know, forget the mis, you know, man, we, if we think you put out inf- misinformation, we're going to take you off. Crazy, man. Totally crazy. Uh, did you see the the piece? It was on the Gateway Pundit today, mm-hmm. and they had the police going into the migrant camps in New York, and um, <laughs> they was trying to make an arrest, and it was about eight cops, 
and this hundreds of migrants, man, they stood up and started throwing stuff at the police. And wow. on top of that, the, the, the worst damn, I'm like, how long did it take y'all to make an arrest? And one of the police was a sister, a black chick. None of the police are white. That's the problem right there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You send some blacks <laughs> and some Spanish people to go handle this problem. Listen, man, this chick pull out the, the wand, and she just uses it as a prop. And these people throwing book bags at her in the face and stuff. And I'm looking, man, they, they finally got the guy handcuffed. They had to lift him up and run out of there with the guy, getting chased out by the migrants and some non-armed security trying to hold off the people. I say, yo, what, what is what, – this is unbelievable. Now – what they need to do in these migrant camps is they got to put a warden and they got to put correctional officers in there. You understand? This can't be, you know what I'm saying? Correctional officers would, would have it so when the police come in there to arrest someone because this guy has stole something from a store and they identify him work, be living at that camp or whatever. Oh, uh, the correctional officers is in there. Anybody get up, it's going to be a problem. Everybody better sit down. It wouldn't be no one standing up, yelling, pulling out their phones, recording, throwing stuff. Y'all don't got no rights, y'all illegals. Man, unbelievable, bro. I but you're wrong. Now, you're wrong. I know they, they have, got rights. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just saying y'all should have rights. You know what I'm saying? That, that's sure. what I'm trying to say. They have more rights than any citizen in this country. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is right where we were. Um, after the 13th Amendment. Yep. Because black people, freely slave, freely, freely, the freedmen coming right. out of slavery, we didn't have any laws binding us to anything. White people went crazy. How you got these niggas? Well, well we can't do nothing to them unless they're convicted of a crime. Everybody else, we don't got to follow their constitution. We don't got no laws. So they created right. the 14th Amendment, which put us under the Constitution. Made us right in. Right in, yeah. They, they, not only did it put us under it, it put them under it. They were so they they got they got to go under the same thing. So stupid, they got incorporated into it too. So we all yep. corporations. So you know, good luck. You know what I mean? But that was all. This is what's happening again. They're here. They don't have the same laws we have. So this summer, if they don't start showing uh, pictures and propaganda of police actually using the wands on these people and cracking some heads like they did us for the last five, six hundred years, right? What you think we're going to do this summer? We're not going to be paying. Y'all can't do nothing. Yo, any arrest they try to make people going to be throwing crates, bottles, bricks. Just like they did. You let them get away with it, it's going to be the same. It's going to be total chaos, bro. Y'all ain't going to police us one way and then police them a different way. Yeah, it's going to be total chaos, and they're not going to win that one because people is pissed behind this. Now you got them on today put out an article. Everyone who gets off a bus in New York gets a $10,000 card right off the rip. Right? They just put it out. And you see the thing on where they're giving 500 families $53 million. 
Right? What? Now, this is the same thing they doing in Chicago when you do the math. Actually, in Chicago, it, it, it adds up to $106,000 per city, per family, right, in America that get um, this 500 people, families in this $53 million pilot program. So that's $106,000 each family. How many black people you know family? You know what I'm saying? Now, on top of that, in Chicago, I think they said they're giving them $9,000 each family or $9,000 a month, which totals right, right. to 108000 So they probably would have been better off going to Chicago. They get two, two extra thousand. You know, it's like they're competing with each other to get these people there. You know, so now we got a $10,000 card when you get in. So, you know, yeah. come to New York. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what is, what's going on here? So you, you're going to give them all this money. Plus the car, you don't give us nothing. Then you're gonna police them differently than us. Oh, it's gonna be the mindset is gonna to be totally different. Trust me, it's gonna be. I'm thinking about taking a vacation for the whole summer because it's gonna be in New York. I'm sure in Chicago the same way. Yes, it, sir. It, it's 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 a lot of people out in the winter, but when the summertime comes, everybody outside. And you know what I'm saying? Everybody coming out. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, where these dudes been also? Where these people been? And when they see all these new people getting treated differently, you've seen everything on the news and social media, everybody's been watching the same stuff. And we all like, okay, y'all get y'all kicked the cops' ass in Times Square and got away with it. Then y'all done beat the cops up in the migrant camp. Y'all got them running out with people. Oh, okay, so all this time we could have just been doing this to the cops? You know what I'm saying? All them, all them wands and beatings they gave us and, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden now, it's okay? Okay. You know, everybody's watching. It's going to be total chaos, man. They're not going to have no authority. Get out the car. Make us do it. That's how everybody's attitude going to be. Uh-huh. Some people that I'm talking to in Chicago, it's a hat trigger. It, it won't take much because we've had a very mild winter. So they mm-hmm. have interactions, and a lot of them interactions ain't been good. So people on the hair trigger right now, brother, it ain't going to take much. Yeah, it's not going to take much so at all. All, all. all this is just showing that, like Kanye West say, I mean, we everybody, black, white, we all been in working for this corporation. This is all business. And now this is what guys like uh, Myron Rice and everybody been saying. Those new people are not part of this corporation. U.S., United States, this is a corporation. And so you got to look at this as business. And And we've been, go ahead. Overlooking all of that. Ain't no laws that they feel that they have to observe. That's what we're dealing with here. I'm talking the system, the government. The largest industry. The, the, the Constitution is not for us. The Constitution is for, to fight them with. It's not the and Constitution. They, it's not for us. And they're wiping their butt with it. 
The largest industry in the world, bar none, is government. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Hugest industry. Get taxes yeah. and everything. I mean, it's biggest industry. It probably I, I go back and say the second largest is government. Church probably got them beat. You know, because they charge ten percent off the rip, especially them professional Catholics and stuff like that. But government, which comes out of the Industrial Revolution, the first one, formed the United States. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is this is the the industry. That all other industries are built on, not only in our country, the whole world operates off of the United States as the first nation state. Every other nation state has a constitution just like the United States. Doesn't say, even England, who got a king and queen. They got yep. a constitution just like the United States. Everyone had the cop. So this is the biggest industry in the world. And it's um yep. you're slowly seeing these people, hundreds of years of trying, they finally figured out a way to break it. You know what I'm saying? The 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 uh, globalist, or as as West says, I, I don't separate Jews. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna be together against your black ass. Guarantee you that. You know what I'm saying? But um, however they got they in fighting, we gonna be um, in the middle of it. We don't got no hands outside the chessboard. We just pieces being moved around. You know right. they they control. We all live in they. We live in their neighborhood. They, we all live in the ghetto. Well, now, I mean, at least the people I know, we live in the ghetto, and the ghettos is the Jewish part of town. You know, what I mean? they own everything here. You know, so I'll leave it there. Though I ain't have too much to say. That was an excellent clip, though. That um, Anderson played. Did you see him go but, over the but, pool? But, but but the go ahead to who? No, go ahead, Ben. No, but you got to realize that the police officers, they policy officers, they work for the corporation. The only law that we have in this country is the sheriff. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, the problem with the police I'm seeing is there's no more O'Malley's, O'Ryan's, O'Brien's. There's no more McNulty's. There's no more Mac McNally, you know McNally's. The Irish, there's no more, the Irish people. Yeah, there's no more Culligans. They got Rodriguez, Jackson, Johnson, Jenkins, um, yep. Garcia. Like what is this? These niggas well, they ain't don't work for us anyway. I, I know what you're saying, bro. I'm just saying, like, if we had the McNally back in my day. Let them walk in there and a migrant throw a book bag at them. Oh, my God, man. They couldn't put that on TV. They would have beat the brakes off of them, bro. They wanted to care who they hit with these sticks. It's unchanged. It's like we grew up, and now we living in a whole other matrix. Like, what did they do? This is all. Can we get away with this, too? It's, you know what I'm saying? But um, um, back to uh, Dr. X, did you see Anderson go to Putin? Uh, uh, Anderson. Um, in, not Anderson. Cooper, damn, I, no, I'm, um, uh, Car- Carson Tucker. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see him go to the supermarket? Yeah. Did you see how much all that food was? For yeah, hundred, I spent one hundred four dollars and I got a bag. I said, oh shoot. So, so these sanctions is really working against us. Of course. They're not working against them. You know what I'm saying? 
I said, oh, listen, they got us all looking at it in reverse. That's why they got him on the list now, you know. Go ahead. He, he got an 80-plus percent approval rating among the Russian people. Yeah. yeah I mean, and it wasn't that great an interview with Putin, although he did do a great job of laying out the history. But I had already known he didn't get none of that stuff in writing. And if you don't get it in writing, even if you get it in writing, I don't mean nothing to these crackers. But right. I mean, you had to, you really, they really trusted them? Like, what was, what was they over there on, man? Drinking too much vodka? Y'all, y'all, know y'all, y'all should have got it in writing, you know, but um, yeah, I'll mute myself. Thank y'all. That he didn't mention the nomenclature in Russia, which is what I would have liked Tucker to go into. Who are the, these, um, what do they call them, uh, oligarchs, okay? I just call them the nomenclature. Who are the people behind that other iron curtain that never came down? The real rulers of Russia, because it ain't Putin. In spite of what Nancy Pelosi says, talking about he's the richest man in the world. You old witch, you don't know what you're talking about, okay? That dude ain't no, nowhere in the discussion, not even remotely. <laughs> Well, I'd be like trying to find out who's really behind these people. Biden and Pelosi, and you know, they ain't in charge of really nothing. They take no. orders too. But we can look oh, at Black Rock and State Street. We know who the money boys are, but them money boys, if ever, rarely get a mention in Russia. And just like Black Rock and State Street and all these people have an inordinate influence on the body politic, right? The same thing applies in Russia. Here's the ugly part. The overwhelming majority of them are Jewish. I always go back to Old Testament. Huh? All right. Thank you, uh, Tuck Most. Excellent comments, Tuck. It always go back to Old Testament. It always does, Bear. Yeah, I don't care which which avenue you take. You always end up there. 708 837. All right. And uh, we were talking about the Clinton. They were rogue scholars. They all rogue scholars on the road. No, um, we can't understand nothing. Wait, we can't. Are you, you got earplugs or something? You on speakerphone or earphone? Oh, earplugs. Can you hear me now? No, nope, it's like that. Nope. You're underwater. You're in the matrix. Oh, um, Yes. Go ahead, talk. Let's see. Yeah, and, and listen. Uh, he was talking earlier about the Clintons. Clintons were rogue scholars, uh, and so they were all Charles Rose and all of those racist people. Um, the other thing, these people have uh, diplomatic immunity. They were brought here from the modern American people. They brought a whole army in here. They didn't bring them in here for anything. They brought them in here because they got 
purpose. We'll see what the purpose is this summer because we're here to serve a purpose. We got an election coming up. They come up and they not come up. I, I want to see how they're going to play it. I believe a few things they did. First of all, they went over there. They they pissed Putin off because they had fire attacks on the edge of that uh, edge of that border over there. By his. That's why him and Neil are having a problem. And uh, the people that they're giving all this money to over there, they're all a bunch of Nazis. And we support Nazis without dollars and these dollars. And not only that, you got the United Nations, non-governmental organization that's helping finance all these people coming over here. And don't forget George Soros. We talk about Fetty. All these different prosecutors all across us, it's George Soros and these boys, these globes who are these boys with the power system over here. Man, I know. Well, we, we, I can't We tried. We tried to hear you. We we can't. Uh, your phone messed up. Okay, most of my head connection. Yeah, you got a real bad tonight, my brother. All I can tell you is George Soros, who is retarded by any measure, has confirmed that retardation by dating Huma Aberdeen, the former of Anthony the pedophile Wiener. And wasn't she Hillary Clinton's girlfriend, too? But the scuttlebutt was all over the internet that Hillary was licking on her. Right. So, man, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to hold that conversation until tomorrow. I know it's a good one because I could only hear a word every now and then. The rest of it was like no transmission. I'm going to give you a new hint. Yeah, cause we yeah, cause it's not uh, we can't hear nothing with that. Thank you. Call back tomorrow. All right. You know that that uh, that song okay. that Gil Scott Heron, uh, that piece that Gil Scott Heron did where he was talking about the Martians were talking and and uh, he said something like, yeah. That's what my I said. Yeah, sounds like he was underwater. Well, uh, there's no more hand raised, and we're going to turn in and be prepared for tomorrow, and I'm going to uh, get my computer together so I can download your songs. And also, don't forget, Dr. Robert X do have a GoFundMe page, and you have to show your appreciation for the information, the research. This is research. It takes time to put in this research. So please show your appreciation for his research. And we'll be back tomorrow. And better love, Dr. Robert X. Thank you, Sister Bell. Thank you, family. Hotep and better love. See you tomorrow night. All right. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. 
It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. It is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.